0: fight we don't have to kill everybody in the whole wide world really just needs to chill no we don't Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode 61, and my guest this week is Many Things, a photographer, an avid cyclist, a host of his own show on the radio. Uh, But before we get to him, I want to remind you, if you're watching this on YouTube and you would prefer an audio-only version, you can get that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many other places like that. If you are listening on one of those, though, and you didn't realize there was a visual side to the show, please come check it out on YouTube. While you're there, if you would subscribe, it would mean a lot to me. We recently hit a 1,000 subscribers, and it really just warms my heart. So if you've supported the show in any way, thank you so much. If you want to contact me, you can email me at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. And while you're there, let me know if you want one of these stickers. Literally, email me, and I will mail one to you. No one's taken me up on that yet. Um, Anyways, back to the guest, my good friend Eric Stoltman. Hello. Hello. My name's
1: Eric and uh, Oliver. Thanks for thanks for having me.
0: Dude, It's I've been uh, looking forward to this for a while because we were waiting for you to get vaxxed for a bit and now we're all safe and I'm, good to go.
1: Yes, I'm double vaxxed and I have to say I've already said it to everyone here, but this is an amazing studio space. Thank you. For the people looking on the camera, you're getting just a glimpse of it. It's truly I saw, and when I was watching your show in the first few episodes, I was like, damn, like it looks beautiful. It's very cool. It shows a lot of your character. I walk in and I'm like, I would, I would yeah, want it, to it live extends,
0: here. <laughs> it extends beyond the cameras quite a amount. Well,
1: and we were walking down the a stairs amount. and you were like, hey, there's no, there's a no doubt little, uh, little album print. And then they, hey, there's the clash. And I was like, and then I walked down and it's like this plethora of personality
0: yeah well one thing i i knew i was going to be geeking the place out but i did want to include music because it was always such a huge part of my life so that's why we got big bob up here who's also on my shirt today um but comedy connections and then of course when people come by Mm -hmm. which i forgot to tell you um (laughs) they usually bring something to throw up on the wall Uh, Oh, but if you don't have something, many people just doodle something on the spot or just to leave a piece of yourself behind, you know, and add to the. the.
1: That's so cool. So there you go. Could I give you something another time?
0: Yes, yes. 100%. I've got a couple people that I still have to track down for. So just just hopefully I'll actually get it from you because, you know, oh, yeah,
1: that's amazing. So a lot of the things around them looking at are from other people that have been on the show.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'll tell you after after we wrap, I'll go around sure, if you want, sure, like, a little breakdown. I would but love yeah, to man, do that. It's, it's been such a great experience. And you are a very like-minded individual. You do host your own show, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. And you've uh, had me on your show. We'll get to that in a bit. But um, let's start about talking uh, You know how we met. Sure. So I uh, first met you. You were taking photos mm-hmm. of a comedy show that I was on. And you had done that several times in several comedy shows. And uh, you took great pics. Like, it's still my Instagram profile picture. So, And I've seen many other people who use your pics as well. So um, I want to know, let's talk photography first. How did you get into photography? And and how much of a part of your life is it, really?
1: Do you want want me to go way, way back? Yeah, let's start from the beginning, man. Once upon a time. (laughs) My father owned a VHS recording device, otherwise known as a camera, but that used VHS tapes. So I started filming with that when I was a kid. Um, really enjoyed doing just random, this is before the YouTube days, right? So I was filming viral videos. (laughs) that No one (laughs) saw. Exactly. There you go. You know, you know, what's up. Um, so I was just doing that with a friend next door and then eventually that kind of subsided a little bit, but, um, taking com tech class at high school really opened my eyes to what I really enjoyed about video, um, and visual stuff. And it wasn't until I got a DSLR in around 2013 that it truly clicked or snapped, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that that it like uh, it. I was like, I really like doing this. And what started just taking photos of friends eventually evolved to me coming to Ottawa and then being like, Hey, I really wanted dedicate some love to the music scene. So that's where I started taking photos of local musicians. Just I would go to a show, have my camera, take a few shots. Which everyone appreciates as the artist, I can say, because,
0: okay. you, you know, afterwards you get this photo of some great moment and you're like, thank you
1: so much. For sure. And and the thing is, it's like I'm still not doing photography like um, intensively, professionally. It's more still of like a, a hobbyist sort of thing that I really enjoy doing. And occasionally I do get paid for it, but that's not really the purpose of why I do it. But the, the moments what you said is like, going to these shows, taking, I'm already going to be at the show. Why not take a few shots, send it to the artist, and then suddenly they have something. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, like going to these comedy shows. So I started doing more comedy photography because I started to really enjoy going from music, the music scene to the comedy scene and starting to connect with people in the comedy scene and finding out that not only is our comedy scene in Ottawa actually incredible and you're obviously a part of it, but there's so many cool people who are respectful and, and awesome and inviting. And I met a lot of them through Yucks at the start. And eventually, I got started taking photography. And I met Janelle at one point, And I started taking some photos at her show. At Eddie's, yeah. And that's where it all came. And I would say that the one of the main reasons I fell in love with photography, though, was it kind of being an ability for me to connect better with other things that I love, like local music local comedy. Yeah. And people just in general.
0: That's amazing, man. And you take great photos too. It's not like you're just half an ass in it. You know, you everything I've seen has always been really, you know, top shelf.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I've definitely, I've worked on a little bit and in, 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 not, not too intensively, like I mentioned, but it's something that I, I, I truly, truly, truly care about. And when I'm taking a photo, especially of like, if I'm, if I'm at a comedy show, taking a photo of you, for example, I want to capture you as I would be seeing you as an audience member, but also just as another person. Like I, mm. I don't want to overdo it to make it look too, too fabricated or exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but I also still want to, I want to capture moments that I think capture the experience of what's happening, especially a comedy. And, and I will say one, one quick thing that my, my mantra, when I'm taking photos at comedy, music, etc. I always adapt. So my, if I'm if I'm in a position, I don't force myself into other positions even though I think that I might get a better shot there. If I can't mm. get there, I don't go there. Wow.
0: So and you I, don't care so much about vantage points, you'll just make it work.
1: Because I I've I I whatever I can get, I make the most of it. But, but I, there's I,
0: something more real about that in the sense. If you're in a crowded place at a show, sometimes you can't get to the perfect spot I, and it's more like the real experience.
1: And and I also Try to give the people who are actually paying to see the shows. They are the ones who deserve the the front seats. They're the mm. ones who deserve like, uh, unless I have like a pit or something like at a, a show like at Blues Fest or yeah, yeah. City Folk or whatever. Um, I'm like not gonna a press pu- section. You mean like yeah? Like yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to push my way to the front. And same it like when I was taking photos at at comedy shows, I try very 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 hard to be discreet because comedy is very quiet at times mm. compared to music and. I don't want to get in people's way and throw off the momentum of the audience or the, the yeah, comedian. That's very respectful. I, I, I will say though, sometimes it can be very stressful <laughs> depending on where I am. Uh, and, but at the same time I've learned that's, and that's the one thing I just wanted to say is like, that's my, my main, um, my main focus, no it's pun intended. Adaptability. Yeah. And it's like, so basically if I'm at a comedy show, if I'm at a, um, an event of some sort, or if I'm just taking photos of a person from out just having fun, I try not to like overly stage it, just like if we're in a certain place, make the use of what we have around us, make the use of where I am. If I can get like a few shots kneeling down out of people's way, that's great, but I'm not going to go in front of a person or I will try very, very hard to not break that uh, connection between audience and performer.
0: Well, I think it's cool. What you said too, about like, you've gotten paid here and there, but it's not really like what you're doing for a living. So, um, I think that's true with a lot of art forms that that can kind of corrupt the initial process. And what was a passion becomes a chore, you know, that happens so many times over. So it's, that speaks to your work, you know, and because it, that comes through everything you've been describing is exactly what I've seen in your work. So,
1: and, and again, like it just comes back to the simplest thing uh, that I just love the community. I love Ottawa I love the people hence why like you know I've had people like you on my show on ckcu and it, it really just boils down to the fact that the people in the city inspire me in many ways and I'm so so happy that I got to know people in the comedy scene because I wouldn't be here if, if that wasn't the case I would yeah, be- by and
0: large it's a very welcoming community
1: oh totally and and just the fact that like I've I've been connected in multiple ways to different things he, obviously with you like seeing you at comedy but n- now it's become more than just and we have a ton of mutual friends and yeah Uh, oh yeah and i mean like i would actually love at one point after this to go for like a beer or something for sure anytime because like i you and i walk down here and i'm like oh my god i'm overlapping with oliver so much what's going on (laughs) well
0: um It's actually crazy, man, because like, I always try to put my my main bullet points and themes for conversation. And I'm like, what order should this be? in? And you like touched on all of them in the span of like five minutes. So um, I'll try to stick with photography. So I don't forget my photography questions. But do you have, I do think it's interesting that you started with uh, with video, I would have never guessed that like camcorder style. Uh, And you actually mentioned like making pre YouTube YouTube videos. And I actually did that. At Morgan, my cousin, sitting in on this one, and she probably <laughs> remembers some of the old videos we used to make with my cousins that have been unearthed in more recent years. That's and uh, dude, I honestly wish I would have put more effort into YouTubing stuff because it's like I did it in the '90s before YouTube, and then in the 2000s when YouTube was blowing up, I was like 20. I had kids at, starting at 23. I didn't have the fucking time for it, you know. And now it's <laughs> oversaturated, so totally. I feel like I missed that window that I would have really fit in, but. Uh, anyways, I did want to ask you if you had a preference to analog or digital photography, or if you've even experimented with analog. Yeah, like I, dark rooms I, and all
1: that shit. I started shooting film last fall. Yeah, so I I had a few cameras from family, so it all comes back to the family because it can be
0: expensive to get some of those old cameras, right?
1: Yeah, correct. So I was given uh, three cameras from two from my great aunt and one from my mom. Um, basically, just. Using those, the film film itself is also very expensive. Shout out I'm gonna to try to do this throughout. Shout sure, out local. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Galaxy Camera. They're at Catherine and Bank. That's where I go to get my film developed and pick up film. Ali who works there is one single guy, does it all by himself, and he is one of the nicest people I've ever been served by in the photography video like field in Ottawa cool so sounds really, like a cool guy to interview yeah oh he is oh trust. have you had him on your show or i i asked him but i don't think it was his uh i don't think it was his uh, his style it's not for I, everybody yeah and i and i mean like i i give the offer to people sometimes and it's up to them if they choose or not to up in the air before it goes on the air um <laughs> <laughs> and so second pun <laughs> let's see how many i can do check, check
0: i check. love puns there oh my! <laughs> Those are new, pretty new to Morgan. Can't hear that. My dad did a little "bunch." Thank you. That's
1: <laughs> so. He wasn't so, expecting that one. No. Like, no. Um, so the, yes, I've been shooting a bit of analog, um, and I, I the reason I started doing it is because I had these cameras, and I just wanted to try it. I was actually super intimidated because of the whole nature of, you know, it's literally like a you got one shot. Or you have multiple shots in one roll, but it's like you have one, and then it's done. One done, one done. Well, the
0: complexity level between a digital camera and just point and shoot kind. of... I mean, I'm not trying to belittle the art people are probably able to make with digital cameras, but there's so many more steps involved in, you know, even developing the film and all that stuff.
1: So, and and you mentioned darkroom, so that's one thing I haven't done myself yet is like my own developing. I would like to try at one point. It does involve a a lot of chemicals and a lot of um, patience and a lot of like. You know, very fine tuning. It the, seems
0: kind of archaic at this point, too. You know, there probably aren't that many around compared to what there used to be.
1: Oh, totally. And I mean, the thing is, is like I, I, I go to the people who enjoy developing the film. Elliot Galaxy Camera. He ships it off sometimes to another, um, another person that he works with, and it's, you know, it makes it easier for me to just do that. It's not cheap, though. You know, it's not cheap to buy film. It's not cheap to mm. develop film. Whereas with a digital camera, you know. It's unlimited, um, essentially, but but then it's like it's kind of like obviously if I'm going to shoot like a, a show, comedy, music, etc., I would likely bring my digital camera. But there there are some photographers in the city who sometimes exclusively shoot with film and go out and do these events.
0: Well, I wonder if it sort of inherently brings uh, a level of like I'm only going to shoot the great shots, as opposed to like with digital, all of a sudden
1: you're like oh, I'll just shoot it all because there's no limit, like whatever, you know. Oh, I, I you're totally bang on because that's what I realized when I started shooting film. And then I went back to this and I was like, okay, my patience is actually ad- adapted. Like I've adapted my patience to the idea of doing it when I really need to versus just taking a, a burst mm-hmm. just for the sake of doing that. And that's kind of one thing I've slowly started doing more and more over the years. But then when I did started shooting film, it was like a complete halt and, like a re, a readjustment of exactly what photography means to me. But it's also been something that, like, uh, you know, it's been something during the pandemic to also give me something a bit new to do, a new perspective, while also doing something very familiar. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: No, for sure. I think a lot of people have been doing stuff like that during the pandemic, sort of touching on an interest, but really embellishing it a little bit more.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So overall, though, uh, it's, it's something that I've been really enjoying. I'm still learning a lot about it um i was debating whether or not today to bring my my film camera or this one but i i, I knew i wanted to bring this one to make sure to get like a, a shot that i knew would come out very very well with the uh, the film one i'd be like hmm hmm i don't know how it's gonna turn out but i wanted something
0: guaranteed to <laughs> I'm make glad sure. no it's cool man i was stoked to see that you brought that
2: if i could make a comment
0: did i use embellishing right or no
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I think so.
0: Okay. That's what I was wondering. My dad's like my grammar check for sure. <laughs>
2: well, one thing I'd just like to point out between the digital and and the, the old uh, analog photography for me is that when you are in the dark room, that's your Photoshop. Mm. right. You can do a lot in the dark room to. uh, Editing, so to speak. Yeah. Like if, if part of the shot uh, was a little underexposed or whatever, you can do things in there, dodging it's called, you know, to, to increase or decrease the exposure when you're developing and uh, you can put filters and different things in there. And now you just do it all in Photoshop, of course. Now you can have
0: dog ears. (laughs) But but
2: to your, but to your comment, sorry, I don't usually talk this much. No, no. You're um, always welcome to. To, to your comment about um, you know now you can just take all these shots and things like that, I think digital photographers though also still have to be thinking a little bit like analog because if you take a ton of shots, you've got a ton of material you've got to go through this through, post, yeah. Right? So, yeah and maybe that's great to find the perfect shot, but it's also going to eat up a ton of your time and if you 're commercial or whatever, that's money so i've noticed do that it.
0: too, like I was just talking before the show about how I've done some um, voice recording auditions. And it's really easy with our new setup here. But at the same time, I try not to just do like 40 because then I've realized how long it takes to go through and find the best one afterwards.
1: Yeah. And and that that's a great point. And it comes back to the tr- the, the traditional saying quality over quantity. Yeah. And, definitely. and that's one thing that I always try to think about. And especially when I'm going out to take photos now at comedy and music and being like, I don't have to sit here and just take a bunch of photos. Because I will also say what, what you were saying made made a, a great point because I also still want to go and enjoy the experience as yes. well. I want to be like... I, well, that's
0: I, what I was speaking to when people start getting paid for stuff that can often distort that, where they now have like, this is paying my bills, so I don't have time to like love it as much. And,
1: and maybe they're like, I have to take so many now. I have to take so many yeah, pictures.
0: It amps up the stress associated with this thing that used to be a pleasurable experience, you know?
1: And, and that's why like if I'm going to see a comedy show... If, or if I'm taking photos at a, at a show, music, comedy, uh, an event, otherwise, I still want to be able to enjoy myself while still also doing what I'm there to do. So yeah. like if I'm taking photos, I take a few of you performing, but I also want to be able to kick back and be like, oh, that's a great song. Or I want to be able to, because if I'm taking snaps, I'm not going to be able to enjoy your jokes yeah. as much as I could if I'm totally locked in, because I'm i going to be distracted. Or even during that mu- the musical um, Stringing You Along series that... Janelle did at, um, at Eddie's, like, that's so cool. And I, I was definitely not in the zone being able to enjoy the full thing. Yeah. I, I did at some points, but... Or you miss out, like, in some ways. But it's like, I, but there are some points where I'm able to still at least, like, instead of just constantly being through the lens, I'm still able to kind of detach a bit and just be like, I can now just relax. Be a part of
0: the room still, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, I remember Janelle got me a beer and, like, I, I had a beer I was sipping on here was and there. Was it juicy ass? I think it was that's actually. their like
0: flagship one. They they I'm, push over i pretty.
1: It was the Flying Monkey, yeah, it was right? pretty good, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was when I was starting to get into it. It's an IPA, right?
0: Yeah, and and for hoppy beers,
1: I find that one goes down pretty smooth, like it's yeah, exactly. So yeah. I remember trying it and I was like, do I like IPAs now? Yeah, kind of.
0: <laughs> Am I like every other white guy in his 30s now? Did I just jump into that demographic? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you if you had a favorite subject to shoot between people, animals, landscapes, if there's something that really calls to you more than the others. So people, for sure. People. I, I almost kind of thought you might say uh, that, yeah.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the reason I like shooting music, concerts, comedy, um events of any kind i mean i take pictures of my cat a lot so <laughs> well, there you go yeah like i didn't know what
0: else you do i've seen some of your pictures but for all i know you're taking like beach photos or something like
1: i i don't know i just wanted to know a little bit more about this the different you subjects should, you should see my selfies oh yeah <laughs> no, you, should, no, I'm just joking. you shouldn't i shouldn't see my selfies. um i take a bunch i love people and it comes just down to the fact that i i mean you know i'm very much a people person but there's something about like working around people and being around people talking like this, doing my show that if like, I don't need anything more outside of food and water and in general. But I mean, I, it gives me so much energy and inspiration to be around people and to be around things that people are doing. And, also, like not just everything, right? I'm not just going to go up to like a random person and like have a random person just completely. But when I get some in, people do that though. Correct. Some they people do that. Do like
0: that. Um, I don't know what you call that style of photography, but where you just you take a picture of a random guy eating a bagel and it's like it's ours. That, uh, <laughs> street photography is definitely
1: like up in that. I, I still I don't, or
0: candid photography. I would can, say you candid know? photography. Is, yeah,
1: w- I love that. And street photography is something that I've kind of done a little bit of, but mostly with people I know yeah but as I've gotten to know more people in the community that's what has totally inspired me with the idea of like taking photos of people and you know when I go back and edit them and I look and I'm just like oh I like that person was so funny or that person was so nice and or I they,
0: or they had such a great singing voice or whatever exactly
1: yeah. and it, I, I really truly 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 feel inspired by so many different people and that's why I love the community and I also feel like there's there's not an there's there's there can never be enough love for people doing what they love and if i can just be one little factor in a single city in a single community doing that even if it's doing my radio show which reaches who the heck knows how many people i really don't know i just like you know i put it out there um if it's like one person listening if it's 50 people listening it's if it's my grandma listening, who she does all the time, and I, I appreciate that. <laughs> my mom much. is the same way, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the point is, is like I'm doing it because I care about the people. Yeah. And
0: and it brings you joy.
1: T- totally. Yeah. And it's one of those things that it took it took me a long time to figure it out. To do it for of. the
0: right reasons, kind of.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, I, like I, did, I didn't start doing my show at CKC because of that. I started doing my show because I wanted to play music I liked. That was, but then I was like, what is why am I here? What is the purpose? Like, and I took some time, and went through some, I guess you could call them quarter life crises or whatever, metamorphosis like, of some kind. Yeah, exactly, like a Pokemon I evolved, <laughs> and and I I went to I went to back to doing this show, what I'm doing now, curiosity. That's it really it. Comes down to the people. Like that is the that is the underlying theme. Is is just people. And community, exactly.
0: Okay, well, we will get into your show because I've got a lot of questions for that. But yeah, no worries. One last photography question cool. because you had mentioned us editing some in, and I wanted to do that to get some of your your work in the show yeah. for anyone who's watching on YouTube. Um, do you have a specific snapshot that you're most proud of? That is a big question, or one of of several, whatever. But like, some one that like just what comes to mind when I say like, hey, what's a photo that you look at that you took
1: and you're like, fuck yeah. You know? I mean, you know, looking back, especially before before the pandemic hit, I so I used to work at Bar Robo. Okay. Um, in Chinatown. I worked there for six months. That was my first stint like doing like a bit more than barista stuff, which I did at Starbucks, and then I started bartending a bit. Um I thought I saw you DJing somewhere too so basically yeah so at robo i was i did a bunch of things i was doing door for shows i was taking photos at shows hosting stuff hosting stuff i did a ckcu event there as well for nice. f- uh, fundraising um and i also did a bring your own vinyl night nice so that was the that didn't end up going out the that's way when i saw you with the no doubt uh you got it Kingdom, where yeah. i was like dressed up in like a big red onesie yeah i was like trying to make funky it fresh yeah funky fresh that's right um so working at Robo was a great experience. I worked there because I, I love working in service front-facing roles because it goes... Again, yeah, everything you were already saying about ex- just exactly. people, person. <laughs> I don't need to re- repeat myself there. No, no, not it. <laughs> hey, man, just shows you're passionate. Um, but there's a photo I took that I was just recently looking at, which was of Robo before I worked there, when I had first discovered it, and it just kind of shows this scene that really, really speaks to me as someone who like and really enjoys going to cafes and really enjoys uh, local spots. It's like your
0: happy place. Correct.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's one of them that I really, really look at and I'm really... And you can send me that to throw it up? Absolutely. Perfect. And okay, I, cool. And I think it also speaks... That something that also represents the community, even though is no longer there, yeah. it's now Drip House. My plan is, though to go into Drip House and take a photo from the same perspective. Oh, cool. Uh, it's been renovated and changed oh, around, I guess. Yeah. Oh, man, you should see it. Like at night, the bar lights up like in the shining and the the bar scene when he goes in. It's like very bright from the ground up. And in oh, cool. at Drip House, it's like a marble. I think it's marble. And the bar is illuminated. Wow. Very different vibe than Robo. Robo was a bit more, you know, kind of like simple. Like you walked in, it wasn't, it wasn't classy or anything like that it was just you walk in you know there could be a show you can just go in and have a beer whatever Yeah, i got invited to stuff there a bunch of times but i never actually went yeah it was it was honestly like a t- traditional you walk in and it's exactly what you would expect like a cafe bar to be in chinatown this place though they took it they took it up a notch and it's highly recommend maybe oh, we so it's there better for, now in your opinion it looks like way way more it's professional di- and it's stuff it's different they definitely like whoever renovated it definitely put in a lot of resources to make it look a certain way. Mm. If you're ever interested, maybe we can go there for a drink. Anyway. And they, they've also got apparently. You the time, I'm there. Uh, they've got some good cocktails apparently. So I'm very curious about that. Anyways, going right back. Yeah, the, the photo is one of my faves just because it captures the, my experience, the community experience, and uh, also the pre-pandemic experience. Mm. Very much the pre-pandemic experience.
0: Yeah, it's almost like living in two different worlds for sure. It's Such for, a for transformative thing that's
1: happened. I'm yeah. like looking at a photo, I'm like, oh my gosh, that person behind the bar is not wearing a mask. Yeah, it's kind of weird.
0: <laughs> oh god, yeah, I don't even know if I want to get into all this. You know, <laughs> so, it's such a divisive <laughs> issue. That's what I hate is that like people that you might meet and still have so much in common with, you're now like team, team vax or team no vax. It's, it's the same as the Republicans and the Democrats, there's always been this. Let's put people into groups and And make them fucking hate the other group. And yeah, now it's it's much more pressing because it's like this affects Grandma's gonna die. Don't hang out with Kyle, (laughs) fucking anti vaxxer And and like I kind of agree. You know, I'm vaccinated. I just broke this guy's leg. (laughs) Look at what happens when you don't wear a mask (laughs) now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> your leg will fall off
0: oh shit you know what man let's let's uh pivot to fucking norm Macdonald because we were talking about this before we started and i'm really glad that you brought norm, him up because norm you know McDonald. we're ottawa here we're yep. talking ottawa comedy we can't not say a massive kudos to everything he did for for comedy at large but who doesn't have a fond memory of laughing at some sort of comedic thing that he put forth whether it's a movie like dirty work his show norm which was on for a couple seasons at least um you know snl obviously weekend update all his appearances (laughs) on letterman and conan and just the amount of times i've just binged him late night and and felt like warm at the end and just
1: i don't know man no one did it like him right it's fucking irreplaceable that's that's one thing that i so i brought it up just because i was um I've tried to talk to a few comics about it and I don't I don't want to like impose about like and I know some comedians are also probably feeling a bit sensitive about it because some people are they grew up with some him. Some knew him, yeah. I, exactly. Like uh Howard Wagman, right, is the yeah. uh owner of
0: Yucks. And they threw up that tweet from Norm in like twenty seventeen saying <laughs> that Howard chased him down Spark Street. And essentially it sounds like his comedy might not have taken off. He he was feeling down about his set and might have never done comedy again, and Howard chased him down. Could and Howard, I, I can't guarantee it'll be this season, but it should be. It's looking to be the season finale. Howard's gonna come on, so just for anyone interested, yeah. really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so, it'll be so like, cool. Uh, October, late October, I guess.
1: So that that to me, even the, like seeing that tweet, that comes back to you know, I guess the theme of this conversation is community because like that to me is exactly what community does and should do is that uplifting. Because, I, I, you know, that's showing that it's like... It fosters the best in people, yeah. Exactly. And it's like you you inspire. And despite Norm becoming very, very famous, like probably one of the most famous comedians on yeah. the planet. Yeah, Also But rightfully so, like incredibly funny. He started and had roots in probably... I, I don't think he... He never forgot about his community. Based on even how we talked about things and how he did interviews, I could really feel... That it was always there. Yeah, that that was really special to me. After I read his book, which was a few months ago, I read his book, a true based on a true story or something like that. It was funny. There was a lot of like death and cancer in there too. Then I was like, there was there like some. some... Well, he had it for nine years, according to everything in the news. So (laughs) right, and that book came out only a
0: few years ago. There you go. And I was like, (sighs) I remember someone was sharing something about him discussing what he wanted his funeral to be like and stuff. So yeah, I, I mean. You don't live with cancer for almost a decade as a comedian who has little filter, as most comedians do, I would think, and not have it bleed through into your material, you know? Uh,
1: The one thing I wanted to say as well, before I read that book, so this is before we were chatting live, I was mentioning how... He has a bit of a special connection to me this year. I didn't start actually watching his comedy fully until this year. Okay. So till earlier in 2021. I knew about him. I watched a few things. You've I watched some stuff. I watched yeah. the moth joke many times. The moth, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah.
1: Who hasn't seen the moth joke, right? Um, but I will say that it was after my... Uh, uh, I broke up with my ex-girlfriend earlier this year. And that was not, it wasn't awful, but it was like we had this whole pandemic experience together. And then we ended things. And I found... I found support through Norm McDonald. That <laughs> hey, was, that's amazing, man. And it was like, I remember one night I was just kind of feeling bummed out. And I was just like, hey, I was messaging my my friend Zach. And I was like, hey, Zach, like, you got any comedy you can recommend me? Because he's this, and my friend Zach is, a, he loves comedy. So I was like, give me something, you're a resource. And he sent me a clip by Norm. And I went into a rabbit yeah. hole <laughs> all the way through his podcast on YouTube, similar to what you do here, yeah. but like what he was doing before he got picked up by Netflix. Yeah, he had a show for a while. Yeah, I remember and, that. And I and it's so funny. Like he just kind of like mocks his guests, and they mock each other, and then he gets them to read jokes that are really stupid. And I was like, this is exactly what I needed. And I fell in love with him, fell in love with Adam Egit, as well as a bunch of other guests that he had on. And I that that's my connection. It's very simple and very, but it, it, there was something really special about lying in bed at night kind of feeling existential and just having norm mcdonald there with me
0: well and the ability for comedy to elevate you out of a shit emotional play, place you know like that's totally. something that is true of comedy any good comedy but i could see very much how he would be able to do that you know he was one of the best he had such a unique um delivery everything about him was so the one person from ottawa who reminds me of him a bit who's been on this show do you know who i'm gonna say or no
1: not chris boris
0: uh, I can see why you say that, too, actually. Yeah, okay. I, th- I thought that in recent days watching a lot of Norm stuff. I was like, he kinda, yeah, it makes me think of Chris Boris. <laughs> Tavis, I was going to say. Tavis Maplesden has that same deadpan, kind of like, like he doesn't yeah, waver. Yeah. He's just on it, you know?
1: And every time I've seen Tavis perform...
0: He's Tavis Maplesden for people who aren't aware, episode 11, I want to say. He's so funny.
1: Mm-hmm. So, not only is he incredibly funny, but he, he basically feels regularly consistent when whenever I see him perform. And it's almost, I'm pretty sure it's almost always new stuff. And he tries a lot. When I started really, when
0: he came on the show, I did a lot of research on him. Not to pivot from Norm to Tavis, but again, if you go watch Tavis, you'll see, like he must have been influenced by Norm to some degree. And uh, Tavis was doing stuff where he would like do a whole bit where he's playing on piano and another one where he brought a bass up, I think like he's always trying something new. And and when he made me laugh my ass off on this show, when he came on, oh, I think it was episode
1: a, 12, actually. That's amazing. That's so cool. Like, so that that's again, like one of the reasons why, like I wanted to have you on my show originally was all this, like going from talking about Norm Macdonald to then talking about Tavis. You're, you're doing exactly what inspires me. Right. And I, I think I mentioned that to you before, like the idea that you're pulling together people in the community, you're doing exactly what I'm trying to also do you in, do the same thing 100 and, and, and yeah. that's that's why what you're doing is so awesome and I'm so happy to be here man to, to Oh, be, thank be you for coming bit. dude. I'm happy to have you and, and then yeah the Norm McDonald stuff you know like it's despite him being a bigger figure, it also comes back to the fact that he inspired community He's he's an audible guy yeah you know?
0: it's like and he, again, shout out to Howie because if you think about all the people who came through Ottawa yuck yucks that Howie obviously had an influence on Tom Green, John Dor, uh, Mike McDonald, <laughs> That's Norm McDonald, it's crazy. It's great and and it shows because if you hang out with Howard or you see him at a show, he always watches like a hawk. Like he's the gears are turning always, and he knows good comedy. Man, he's a smart fucking dude. Um, can,
2: can I uh, again? Sorry, no. Buddy you me.
0: interject with Norm. I figured I was actually going to throw to you because I knew you'd have something to say about Norm.
2: Well, <clears throat> besides agreeing with everyone else about just how funny that guy really was and what a grasp he had on what comedy is. Mm-hmm the thing that made me laugh the most of what I've seen him do was an interview with Conan where Courtney Thorne Smith, uh, who used to be on that show, Jim, you know where, you know that? Oh, um, know?
0: was that Belushi's yeah, yeah. brother? Yeah. Yeah. Jim yeah. Belushi.
2: Right. So she's, she's a blonde actress, uh, fairly well known. Anyway, she's on there promoting whatever the movie is or something. And Norm, Norm had been the earlier guest and he was still on the couch with Andy. I've seen this. Yeah. Yeah. And so if, if people want to laugh, look up Conan with Courtney Thorne Smith and Norm MacDonald, and you will laugh, because that was some funny stuff that they did. Because he's
0: just kind of crushing on her, right? But not in a creepy way, from what I remember.
2: Um, just a little that early on, but later on, it's, it's uh, where they're talking about the name of her, her movie and stuff like that. And, oh, yeah, uh, and yeah. Through, and then at one point, Conan goes him, do something with that, you freak.
0: And he still made it <laughs> and work. he does. I saw this the other night. <laughs> it was they, hilarious. Uh, it was
2: something with the word board.
0: Yeah, it that's, was, right, that's uh, right. Don't spoil it. Don't no, spoil yeah. It. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I'm really happy. remember it. I saw it the other night. I know exactly what you're talking about. I just yeah.
1: heard that in Conan's voice so easily. There, that <laughs> yeah, yeah, something yeah. with the, exactly freak. that was yeah. such. Yeah. A, I actually <laughs> just watched
0: um, last night. Norm apparently had a running gag for a week on Letterman, where at the end of each episode, they'd say Norm McDonald was supposed to be here, but uh, he, course, he got caught up in the storm. I guess that was going on, and then at the end of the episode, you'd see him kind of like. Well, no, I'm here. And the last one that he like trips and falls on all the band people with like flutes. And shit, and uh, then finally, I guess the Friday he comes on as a guest and they did like a flashback of all the four previous nights and his weird appearances. It was just uh, such a great running gag as I, much as I'm not a huge Letterman fan in some ways.
1: Uh, I love honestly running gags like that are sometimes they can be amazing, like especially if they're stretched out over a long, long, long time. I love it. And then the punchline. And that's what Norm does, right? The moth joke is the clear example. Yeah yeah, yeah.
0: it's the stalling like how far can you take it and i would say i've seen the same from john Dor quite a bit i've seen him a few times live and uh, and he was on this show as well but um one of the jokes I, I told him it was sometime i went and saw him live and he did this this bit where he came out and for like 10 minutes he just said all right Okay, you know, like when everyone's like applauding nonstop. And it was like, yeah, yeah. all right, okay. And he just said those two words in different inflections for like uh, 15. No, maybe it wasn't that long. It felt like 10 minutes. It was probably only five, but it's like, all right, okay. And like he just kept changing the way he was saying it. It was fucking hysterical. And then it would, it would stop being funny, but then it would come back around. Like a lot of family guy jokes are like that, you know? It's like, how far can you push it? And, and it's weird when you get to the point where it stops being funny, but then you push a little further and it's funny again, because you're like, they're still doing it. Like, I don't know. Comedy is such a
1: complex beast, you know? And that's honestly, I'm, uh, I'm, I love it. I'm, I'm inspired by so many people in the, in the community. Again, Norm Macdonald being one who is part of the community. Just as much like Alanis Morissette's part of the music community here in a way. Mm. But
0: I <laughs> guess I would love to interview. I've I've reached out a couple times. We'll see. That would be amazing. Well, my mom used to um, Alanis Morissette's mom used to do yoga with the old folks' home that my mom used to work as
1: their recreational um, physiotherapist, right? Yeah. What? So look at these connections. I'll, I'll get my mom to hook it up. Maybe. I don't know. Tell if you ever have her on the show, please tell her Eric with the case is hi. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it, man. <laughs> No, uh, moms are great for that.
0: Actually, uh, I had Ilona Smythe on the program and I talked to her about another time. My mom kind of helped me out because my mom was in this crafting group and found out that Ilona Smythe's mom was in the group like they were friends or whatever. But then she realized the connection and then basically set up like a phone call with me and Ilona and it was like so awkward because it was like a play date your mom's put together. But it, I needed the end because I didn't. know I wanted to get more into acting. I still do. And uh, I didn't really know shit at all. And she's like the biggest casting director in Ottawa, pretty much. So that's awesome. Um, but it's funny how moms can can have all this hidden power. <laughs>
1: oh, and and honestly, again, like those connections in that's that's how I've gotten to so many places. Ottawa's through. the right size for
0: that shit, though, right? For these. It's like, it's exactly. big enough that you feel like, oh, we got downtown, we got the suburbs, but it's also, you kind of know everybody. We're like a million people, which sounds like a lot, but geographically, that many people in the
1: space we have, like you find a lot of damn connections, small world moments, you know? Totally. And and again, like we're so, like Ottawa's is big enough that it's spread out to the point where you have your own pockets where people are going to kind of stay in those pockets. Yeah, yeah. They congregate there more like, like I'm in center town. I'm going to see a lot of people in center town over and over and over and over again. But then you find some cool
0: connection with one of those people with somebody from, you know, Orleans that you also know. And it happens totally. all the time
1: here, man. Totally.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, cause we were talking about you being so into music and
1: comedy. I yep. wanted to know if you play any instruments and if you've ever tried stand-up. So good <laughs> questions. Uh, I used to play the drums and funny enough, uh, I'm so you I'm, look like a drummer I don't know why but like you remind me of several drummers that I've known I'm just like it's because I'm going like this all the time no I don't know what it is it's something about the vibe you seem like someone who would be on time I, I that love sense. I, I'm very much as much like, as you were late for
0: the podcast no, <laughs> oh, no, I, was about to, I was about
1: to bring that up Thank, oh crap dude
0: I'm literally late for everything I'm the last person who would criticize for being late
1: I, I love love drums rock band got me into drumming Um, love drumming I'm gonna be planning to buy an electronic drum kit. Soon. Those are cool. Uh, just because I'm in an apartment building, so like having an acoustic kit not quite feasible.
0: Yeah. Um, even even playing hard enough on a digital set, you might get some complaints. I, I
1: have to I have to uh, adapt my apartment. Let's say. Oh, you're gonna D- put some uh, egg <sighs> cartons up on the walls. I got to do something. Yeah. The the walls are. I think the walls are relatively okay. It'll be the floors, especially because the tapping is gonna be going through. That's true. Yeah. So. In terms of drumming, never taught, self-taught, but I just love, I love rhythmic. I, I love yeah, okay. I I love it and I, I love rocking out to songs I like. I'm trying to start to learn guitar. I've nice. le- I started playing years ago but didn't didn't follow up. through. No. Yeah. So I'm I have a friend who just moved into my building who's a local musician, shout out Sean Sissons, aka Myhill. He is very 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 talented and I'm hoping to play a bit with him and maybe he'll uh, him and I will jam at some point. Not, I, I'm not looking to necessarily make music. I just want to have fun with it. You know, just that's, yeah,
0: dude. That's the reason to play music.
1: Yeah, and I'm speaking of comedy. Uh, You're working on your first set. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the other night I went to Swizzle's open. Uh, what was it? What is it called again? It's like their workshop, right? On Mondays. Oh yeah, they do have a Saturday night show. Because when the, I maybe
0: they've always had a Saturday night show, but whenever I went to Swizzles, uh, I always thought Monday night was their night.
1: They do have one now that David Haddad and Andrew Wambolt are doing like this, like both kind of, awesome
0: dudes. Both slated to come on the show very soon.
1: And they're both kind of doing like this, like stand like uh, or the late night, like where Andrew's the sidekick and David's the host. Yes, I yes. I, oh, dude, I wanted to go to that so bad. Well, if next one, if you want to go, if I'm off, uh, yeah. not working, let's go check Let, it out. I'm so down because I think they're both together they're they're dynamic
0: i did a show with david a couple weeks ago and he was by far in my opinion the funniest dude it was in a little dive bar or whatever but like he
1: crushed man
0: and i'd never really seen him i'd met him many times but i don't know that i'd ever seen him do stand up and he was just on fire in I, my opinion again
1: i saw him at uh the dom uh, he was on a show last week yeah uh dylan dylan parker show yeah yeah dylan parker show who was that uh, he was actually on my show talk, i was gonna say about- i
0: i noticed that when i was researching this and you played my song again during that episode, was that in anticipation of you coming on this show? Uh, no, actually, it was okay. just
1: connecting uh, comedians, local. local local comedians who are doing stuff that is uh, beyond comedy. So I Dylan's played, a good guy, yeah, and I played your song as well as Lewis Hill's um, one of Lewis Hill's tunes. Another great dude. These
0: are all comedians yeah. you should look up if you don't know these guys because they're all great.
1: So, so the the whole thing about um, doing comedy, I was at Swizzles, which again they do these Monday nights where I guess comedians go and kind of workshop some stuff if they... Yeah, they usually have a couple lotto spots and... Right. And so I was there just by myself hanging out. I saw Mitch chatted with him for a bit. Got to know... Um, who else did I chat with that night? I knew Emmett Morrison from his mon Night. Oh, he's
0: like a one-liner comic, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I,
1: so I chatted with him a bit and then I got to meet Jeffrey Davis for the first time. You've seen hilarious. Yes, totally. And I was chatting with all of them and I started thinking. I was like... I was like, mm, you know, like... I... I was like, I, I love what these guys are doing. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm necessarily like a super funny person. Like like in conversation, I can come up with quips and puns. But I also, I also know puns are not going to fly if I'm like, but they got to be like not I get what you're saying. Though. It's
0: much puns. different than like conversational humor is in no way the same as like a prepared, you know, whatever, six minutes that you're bringing to the stage.
1: Totally. So like, but at the same time, I, I really started actually thinking about it. I was like... I might actually want to try it because you should. Just, just because it seems there's also, you know, like the adrenaline, right? Like when I get up and I'm singing, when I go to karaoke and I'm having a singing a song, even though I've done it many, many, many times, I still always feel a thrill. That rush, yeah. And I'm like, alcohol is usually involved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> usually it starts off with one seltzer, and then the next time it's three seltzer. Then seltzers. You're like, I don't want to go to sleep. <laughs> I wanna, what? Are you singing? Are you singing? Don't want to miss a thing.
0: I was trying to do like a <laughs> drunk guy doing that song. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to imagine what you would be like. Four white claws in.
1: I'd be doing more of the, um, more of the very, 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 very weird David Byrne, it's Talking Heads. Okay. Slurring, okay. slurring, burning down Psycho the house. Psycho killer. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. yeah. That's really exactly such a weird song, man. But it's it's funky. So. All things to say, yeah, I want to try and I want to, I I'm, I'm want that thrill, the adrenaline of going up there.
0: The fact that you even said this means you have to do it. Just because <laughs> oh, no. like, well, the fact that you have places like Eddie's at your disposal that you know are going to be like a loving environment with a great like uh, team and all that, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you should do it because what's the fucking worst thing that could happen? That's the main reason everyone should try comedy because what's the worst thing that can happen? Yes. It was you so, shit your pants on stage. That's literally the worst thing to but I had a song about that and it was all about the <laughs> chorus was like but at least I didn't shit my pants. <laughs> because I don't know. I don't remember the song now at this point but
1: it's so funny because like people always like you know growing up and watching cartoons and it was always like the worst thing that you could do, the worst nightmare you could have is waking up and on your underwear in school and I'm like uh, yeah. there's a lot of worse things that can happen like what you just said that would be way worse i'd rather be naked with underwear than have like shit in my pants
0: yeah cuz depending on your confidence level being in front of everybody in your underwear you might be like yeah i've been doing sit ups or like who knows like you might be able to just some people are super comfortable with their
1: bodies so and 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 i don't think anyone would yeah, ever be comfortable no one's
0: going to try and like own diarrhea underwear no one's going to show like it's a new look yeah, sorry, you're just not with it yet.
1: <laughs> Haven't you seen the new TikTok trend?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're eating Tide Pods and shit in our pants. Oh my god. <laughs> this is the 2020s. Uh, fuck, man. Okay, yeah. We've been all over the place. I had so many things to talk to you about. Let's let's um get into let's talk about your show then, man. Because
1: first of all, plug it. Let people know when they can hear it. Curiosity, CKCU 93.1 FM in Ottawa. You're going to listen 10 a.m. to 1130 a.m. every Monday morning or ckcufm.com on demand or live. Uh, And you can really listen anywhere in the world, but it's always very fun to tune in uh, via the dial if you can to get the traditional radio experience. It's a lot of fun. And it's community radio. And it's all volunteer. I'm a volunteer there. Um, Around 200 or so volunteers doing a wide variety of different shows my show is one of them, and there's a lot of really cool stuff on there.
0: Can Yeah, can you give people a breakdown of your show? Because I found the format was really cool, especially since you're so into biking, because your show is basically like a journey through the city where you, you make different pit stops, and it's formulated like that's the narrative, which is very cool, I think.
1: Yeah, so I, I do that sometimes. Especially, lately, I've had a bit of trouble doing it because I started a new job, and uh, the, my timing has been a little rougher in terms of being able to actually get out and go places. Excited here! I did bike here, and I love. I was like, I got a bike. Yeah, he I might be like, the first
0: guest that ever biked here. I think. Oh, that's a great. and that's why I I'm don't me, know, but I'm, I'm pretty positive. I'm
1: enjoying this seltzer. It's a reward for. There you go. Uh, luckily, it's a beautiful day. But the biking thing is definitely something I do uh, a lot, just because I I want to showcase how much Ottawa has to offer, and also in a way showcasing how easy it is to get to a lot of places, even if you aren't living necessarily super close. Um, And that's like if I can then I also showing like if I can get there by bike, how think about how easy it is to get there by car or by bus. Yeah. And then also just bringing people's attention to like, hey, the pandemic was awful, is awful. But there's still so many places that deserve support and deserve recognition and people that deserve recognition. Um, My show basically is like I'm taking people every week on uh, sort of like a little a little adventure through my show, Curiosity, but through Ottawa. Uh, and Curiosity... Yes, I was just going to say, that's worth noting. There, If you want puns. It comes from... So Curiosity, but it's spelt C-U-R-I-O-C-I-T-Y. And then the Instagram is like Ott City, which is even more like and, O-T-T. Yeah. And I, I, I basically have it as the O is Ottawa. So it's curious about Ottawa City. So this basically. isn't
0: like, um, this show doesn't exist in other cities and this was just your your spin on it? Or this is just
1: a pure... Yeah, it's basically just, it's a, I just, you know, I took the word curiosity and I was like, I'm, I love... I'm very proud of my cur- It's very cur-
0: brandable. All I can think is like you could have curiosity Toronto, curiosity Halifax and have correspondence and then all have it, like a you it, know a website where you culminate your findings.
1: <laughs> it would be it would be it would be nice if there wasn't already I think there's already like a trademark like actual Curie O City like with the CITY. Uh, shit. Um, but it's the, all everything's always fucking taken. I know. I know. Internet. <laughs> God damn you Google. But but the thing is is like I <laughs> Imagine I created a show, I'm like, I'm going to call it Google. And I, spy, I spell it G-E-W-G-L-E. I wonder, yeah, I wouldn't fuck with their lawyers. Yeah, exactly. Be like, hey, I heard this community radio station's uh doing some really blowing name. up. Yeah. Are they getting paid anything? No. Mm, I still think we've got to track we should them p- Yeah,
0: kill that moral support just in case. <laughs> That's right. In case it blossoms into something lucrative.
1: So, yeah, the the show comes from literally the O like is like a representation of Ottawa and Uh, I just I try to get people to sometimes it's just like local music playing a lot of local tunes supporting local artists, Um, but also chatting with local people and and bringing people to places, either uh, myself or bringing people from places to talk about them. And really just again, it's, it's on community radio. It's a very community based show. And it took me, it did take me quite some time to really get my footing with what I wanted to do.
0: When did you start the show? We should ask that. And when did you launch? I started volunteering
1: there in 2014.
0: Okay, but when did you actually launch Curiosity?
1: So maybe like 20... So I I started doing the show theme songs in 2014 with two of my friends, Michael and Owen. They, and we, we all put together basically just like we were like, oh, what's the theme this week? And we pulled songs together.
0: Oh, I thought you were talking about like, theme songs from shows or something. Okay. It was like, uh, there was a weekly theme. It was, That's yeah. cool. No, that sounds like a rad show, though.
1: It was okay. It was The fact that it made it fun was that we had three very different curated set lists coming mm. together. And then after that, I went on my own to do uh, my show, Permanent Waves, inspired by the Rush album of the same name, um, because my show was dedicated to almost everything 80s. And I love, I'm fascinated about... 80s culture. A lot of my favorite bands come from the 80s. Tears for Fears and New Order, Duran Duran, uh, uh, yeah, the Clash. Clash is amazing.
0: And even I was gonna say some 80s shit I can't stand, but
1: and it's well, and I gotta say like that whole the whole new wave and punk era of the 80s, love it so much. And I decided to kind You're of like t- the Descendants. Uh, honestly, I I'm pretty sure I do. I think I need dude,
0: to. I, I only say that because I've been getting into. It, so not to cut you off, but I've been getting into a deep dive on the Descendants,
1: and it's like you're gonna have to give me a recommendation of some sort.
0: Dude, they have a song. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's all about because because they're like nerdy dudes, but they're still punk. And it was the whole song is about like I ain't got no biceps, I ain't got no safety pins, all the cool <laughs> things are like I ain't got no mohawk or whatever. But then it's like uh, all about how they're gonna kick ass in class. It's like gonna kick their asses in class because he keeps talking about how i got these specs so they keep kicking my ass he's obviously getting bullied but i'm gonna kick their asses in class i'm gonna get good grades and it's like my kids probably think i'm a wiener when i put that on but i'm like it's a good message it's like fuck stupid people that are caught in that drama of like not really thinking things through and like here's what's really important like like enlighten yourself Gain knowledge, mm-hmm. advance yourself, and don't be dragged down by stupid bullshit you're not even going to think about in a couple of years. That was
1: know? that was a tight description.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm probably fucking up the lyrics, but it, in essence... And they also have a great song called... Um, I think it's called American, but it's, it's all about... It, it's amazing because it's a conflicting... Um, admission of of how he has a torn pride, but also loathing for the country that he loves. He says, you know, he talks about, it's like, it's the land of Otis Redding and, and all these people that he, he likes, but it's also the land of the KKK. And like, it's re- this really torn, amazing piece that I think, I put it up when um, the insurrection shit was happening on the Capitol, because it was all it could make me think of was like, this song is so.
1: I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna have to take a peek at that because I'm always, that's another thing about my show that I absolutely love what I call directions throughout my show, be it like meeting someone, going, hearing different songs. I love it when people give me songs to play and I'm, I'll actually be more than happy to play one of the, the chorus songs. to that
0: song is, um, listen up. Now I'll tell you who I am. Just another stupid American. You don't want to listen. You don't want to understand. So, so finish up your drink and go home. Uh, it's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that song, all their shit. I, I have not heard a Descendants song that I didn't like because that's they, amazing. You can tell it's coming from such I, an honest, emotional source.
1: Uh, you know, you're 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 hyping it up for me, so <laughs> you're gonna have to like before I leave, I'll make sure to like add one or two of them to my playlist, mm. and I'll listen to it on the bike ride home.
0: Well, I got into uh, the Descendants because of Sublime, because uh, I got into Sublime was one of the first bands that really like I, I fell in love with when I was 13, 14. and there's a song on Forty Ounce to Freedom called Hope, which is pretty much this it's a straight very uh true cover of the descendants version just a little bit sped up a little heavier punk and ever ever since i i love how bands will get you into other bands
1: like that so that kind of brings it to when you came on my show and we talked there we go a lot about sublime and yeah and you you obviously um i played oliver's song just chill which, which very is the theme song and
0: namesake of this ex- show exactly yeah. which
1: very much has like even in that like I could I can hear the inspiration from like sublime and and it's amazing like when you gave me that little context about the song I forget what song that we played the one that you Oh, that I was, like, a,
0: a weird jam, like, radio show they did. But yeah. that one's one of my favorite recordings of the band, like, but ever.
1: I never heard it, and I was like, damn, like, this is exactly why I love doing my show, because that, I also get introduced to so many different artists and bands. Like, when you brought up Biff Naked, mm. I know Biff Naked, but I, I didn't really know Biff Naked as well as I did after you showed me yeah. the song, because then I went, and I was like, I'm going to give Biff Naked a chance. I'm going to... Yeah, because some- when,
0: when someone you have a relationship with, like, a positive one, or you trust, sort of bequeaths this... Like, mm-hmm. here, here's this thing I like. Then you're so much more likely to want to be like, oh, well, I like that person, and they're saying they like this, so maybe I'll, you know, it, it gives... And there's so much content out there these days, especially, that how else are you going to choose what to listen to than going on recommendations of people whose opinions you respect, you know?
1: Totally, and and that's one of the reasons why, like, whenever I have people come on my show is to ask them, like, what do you like, to, what do you want to hear? What, do you, what inspires you? Because not only... Does it give me stuff to play on my show that is connected to the person I'm talking to? But guess what? I love music. I'm going to discover some new stuff and I'm going to add some stuff to my playlist.
0: Yeah, you seem like you have like a wide variety of tastes uh, musically speaking.
1: I like I like everything. Well, yeah. I'm sure there's within reason.
0: Everybody has some songs, but you're not like someone who's very, like, you know, some guys are, I only like metal or I only like hip hop or I only like punk or, and I never got that. It's it, to me, that always screams to someone who's so desperate for an identity that if they go balls to the wall with this one genre, it's, it's not cool. It just means you're not being open-minded. So, but, but it is, you do then gain this badge where you get to be like, I'm so punk. Look at me. Everything about me is fucking punk. And it's like, Oh, you know, what's really punk. Also liking reggae and, I mean, a lot of punks do like that shit. I'm not trying to throw punks under the bus, but you yeah, know what I mean. I'm just saying anyone who goes so hard into one thing and really they're limiting themselves from the the broader perspective, you know.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's it's okay to be a huge fan of like a certain band or a certain genre, but I I, I try to recommend people to be like you said. The word open minded is yeah, it? and it's not like you have to listen to something and pretend to like you know you don't have to pretend to like Lady Gaga. You don't have to pretend to like yeah. Um, uh, Kenny. But don't say the, the, all
0: pop music sucks because that's oops, ridiculous. You exactly.
1: Know? Exactly. Because there's actually some amazingly made pop music. There's some amazingly made country music. Yeah. And like, I'm personally not a big fan of a lot of the country music that goes, you know, like, hey, we're drinking beer, blah, blah, blah. But there's some that is actually about that that's also pretty good. Yeah. It's like, and the same with like Eric Church. I got to say, like, I've been listening a bit more country lately. I like Eric Church a lot. I've been listening to his stuff. Huge fan of Sturgill Simpson.
0: I you know these names, but I'm not a big country guy. I get like Johnny Cash. I like Southern rock,
1: like CCR and Leonard and, Skinner and shit. But and I, I don't usually talk about country, but just to really show like, that's like. Your diverse musical. Well, and I, I just, again, like I, I, I can, one day I can be like, I'm into this. I'm into this. I'm into this. But I just kind of let the, you know, that's why I got this tattoo. I just let things shuffle, you know? Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I've got a little tattoo there. It's a shuffle icon. I always
0: forget about my stupid wrist tattoos. I, I, I let's this see, one, one is, I like because this is just a Sagittarius, like the archer. You know. Are you a Sagittarius? Yeah, I am. December Cheers 6th. To that. What are you?
1: December what? November twenty-third.
0: I'm right. Oh, the, you're a late November. I'm right guy. on the right. right on the At cusp. Least you're not Scorpio. <laughs> no, I'm just there's certain ones. I don't know how much I believe in that shit, but my mom's pretty heavy into it, so I've always I, had those influences. You're the
1: first Sagittarius I've met in a long time. You want to hear something crazy? Go for it. For people
0: who who may doubt astrology, as I do myself, um, my ex-wife and I, according to astrology, we're like the worst match. She's a Cancer, I'm a Sagittarius, look it up. I'm don't. I'm not i not gonna speak to the details of that, but I remember <laughs> that. We break up, obviously, yeah, well, if you know me, like I'm not with my ex-wife, we were on great terms, yes. I always say that, because uh, she's a good mom and all that, but we end up getting with new partners, and Kelly, my fiance, she's born four days Difference in December, so she's December. Well, I'm not going to say her birthdays, I guess, but we're we're four days apart in December.
1: Sagittarius as well.
0: Yes, and she ends up with a Cancer that's born four days apart. I'm not. You can't make this shit up. And uh, and you know, we're all going along swimmingly. We're all in happy, great relationships. So it's just that to me was enough to go. Really, that's pretty. My divorce. I mean, there's other factors. We got married young and stuff, but like my divorce was with my supposed worst partner, and then we both end up with our supposed best partners, and everything's like way better and we love our lives now you know what i mean like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. i mean i can't speak for them i guess but they seem happy <laughs> that's honest you know?
1: but the, the the coincidences of that
0: yeah it, well it's enough to at least make me go like all right maybe there's some truth to this maybe it's being over exaggerated or over hyped by some people but like anything that's linked to the stars and the cosmos like that's always going to be bigger than us so like i don't know and you've got like egyptians and those people that used to build things based on um, you know the body of uh, the celestial bodies and all that, so there
1: must be some truth to that. I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, you know, talking about open-mindedness, that's something that I mean, you know, I, 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 talking about anything supernatural or celestial, alien-like, I, I'm I'm very open-minded about all of that stuff. I'm very open-minded about the fact that maybe there are ghosts, maybe not.
0: Ghosts is an interesting one. I feel like anyone who denies aliens as a possibility, I'm like, how am I even talking to you? Like are you are you that knowledgeable that you're gonna discount the rest of the fucking universe? Correct. Which literally is like ninety nine percent compared to Earth or probably more. It's probably like or something like that but you're going to discount all that and say there's no chance intelligent life is out there whether or not intelligent life can reach us or has interacted with us in our governments in the past is a whole other question but people who are just like nope (laughs) Fucking <laughs> Adam and Eve, bro. I'm like, uh, okay. So incestuous, that's what we're going with for spawning all of humanity. Okay, cool. That's much better. I'd rather have been a monkey that was manipulated by an ape than the product of my dad fucking his sister.
1: <laughs> I
0: don't know. Maybe Agreed. that's a little anti-Christian sentiment there. but uh, Don't
1: worry. You're, you, know, you know what? We all come we all come from somewhere.
0: Well, I went to Catholic school until I was in grade eight. I feel like I have some, some right to speak on these uh, things that were shoved down my throat. I was baptized. Luckily, not myself. literally. Yeah. Like some... Catholic schoolboys. Um, <laughs>
1: I'm channeling Norm right now. I guess I don't know. I'm feeling kind of in the in the element. It's amazing. I love it. I uh. love, honestly, I just I love this conversation. is so fun, man. You're you're such a great host. And it's, you, I think you were there. I had a bit about Jesus. That
0: like I'll say it here in podcast form because I remember I kind of stopped Wait, is this doing it. Like
1: the Janelle's comedy.
0: It, yeah, it was one of them. I had a whole a bit about Jesus and. I I feel conflicted because I went to Catholic school till I was in grade eight and they instill Catholic guilt in you. Like I literally, after I did that, I would always be like, Oh, am I going to fucking hell now? <laughs> but they laughed pretty hard. And like, it was a good bit about how, like if God knew Jesus's whole plan, and, and this is something that comes up in the Bible, like, especially as Jesus got older, he basically told him like, you're going to die for their sins. And this is from what I remember. I may be paraphrasing the Bible, this book that's been manipulated over 2000 years. So, you know, take it for what it's worth, but he knew how Jesus was going to die. And yet, out of all the deaths he could have chose for his son, he picked one that was related to his occupation. The guy was a carpenter, and you're going to nail him to wood? It just seemed like, and then I would go on to be like, you know, do you think Jesus was ever on the cross? And then he just kind of turned over and was like, ah, is this mahogany? I would have gone with a cedar myself. Or, you know, like, and and then I would talk about how it was so ridiculous. That would be like if you were working at a Dairy Queen and then you died in a blizzard on the way home, you know, or like you worked at McDonald's and you got hit by a Big Mac, truck um yeah I, I haven't done that's this been so in a while but
1: funny the blizzard line
0: oh my that's God. Yeah, that's usually where people would get on board where i felt like even <laughs> a couple catholics were like sure. <laughs> all right um no but it's more like I, I like doing that joke because i guess it's it's what you're supposed to do on stage which i i don't know that i always do which is like really asking questions that i'm fucking asking myself and and especially that because i always try i always try to be like a like I don't like to offend and hurt people's feelings. I really fucking don't. Like I feel my I'm an empathetic person and I always had a mantra, speaking mantras of be captivating but conscientious. You oh, know, that's nice. Where when, people yeah. like go like, oh, that moved me. Or and I still say I'll do jokes about jerking off or whatever. I'm not like Mr. Clean comic, I by any means, but that bit, I almost want to do it still because I feel like it's it's a valid question. Even if we're just looking at the Bible as like a like a screenplay. It's just harsh. It's like you could have burned by the stake or like, I don't know if it'd be better to have your skin burned off or whatever, but just to be a carpenter and then get fucking nailed to a, a board just seems like such a kick in the nuts. I I really,
1: next time I see you perform live, can you, can you, uh, can you try to pull that one back out?
0: I I mean, I'll do it because I stand by it in principle, but it does make me again. I start and it's probably what comics shouldn't do, but I start wondering like, ah, is there going to be someone who brought their, their aunt out and she's going to be like horrified and you know, like I don't really like as much as I have a lot of beef with the Catholic church, I don't like stepping on people's right to have their own faith and beliefs. And as long as they're being peaceful and if it brings them joy and helps them be a more productive member of their community or just not a piece of shit because they have some kind of like faith in life or you know what I mean?
1: I totally get it. Yeah. I,
0: I don't condone organized religion in a big way, but spirituality
1: seems so imperative to not becoming a fucking purposeless Ball of stress, <laughs> you know. I, oh, I I hear that man, and it's also something that gives people structure where there might not be any in, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, and you might really
0: need it in some situations. Totally, in life.
1: and that's you know, funny enough. Like when I needed it the most, you know what? I've I prayed to Norm. That's. What
0: <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say like I'm a born again Christian and like <laughs> no, yeah, that wouldn't line up with you laughing of, at everything. I, had. I
1: was kind of bringing it right back to the fact that when I was when I was in a dark place mcdonald was there
0: but you know what's (laughs) fucked up about that man because some people will get down and into a dark place and that's when like scientology can swoop in or like there are you know like these organizations that will be like oh let's yeah we'll help you up but now you're like part of this fucking cult essentially i don't know i I feel bad i don't want to offend people who are religious but like i totally understand the christians are tuned out a while ago let's be honest
1: you could always wait for like the next like um what what are the shows they do there's a certain category for sh- uh, comedy shows that are a little more intense right like the, the triple oh, like I- x rated or whatever yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah that's not usually me though i'm like a pg13 kind of <laughs> like there will be like i said jerking off jokes and maybe like there's going to be shit and fucking and like the language barriers but i'm never usually the guy who's like trying to like rattle you to your core i'm like playing some cute song about farts uh, or something
1: I, honestly the one thing that i remember that that captivated me about about your set was the music aspect for sure like when you brought out your guitar and it was the stringing you a long one for sure
0: yeah well i mean ever since that i've been trying to lean into that because it's where i feel the most comfortable and and i usually always tell people that i've been playing music like i don't know 15 20 years longer than i've
1: been doing comedy, oh, so it, was, it was just so cool to see the blend of the two things that clearly you you love. Yeah.
0: I well, was, I mean, look, like, like Flight of the Concords, There's been a, like tons of musical comedians. Weird Al would be another one. There's oh, yeah, so many yeah, yeah. that I've always thought that's such a cool angle. You know, that's such a cool different spin. You spe- speak in my language, Weird Al. <laughs> Weird Al, who didn't grow up with Weird Al? <sighs> that's in our age bracket. I know. Were awesome. you a Weird Al? Like, I mean, he's still relevant, really. He keeps
1: popping back oh, in. Oh, totally. You know? And and he's also a, a great dad like i see his videos with his daughter and he's so funny, That's That's funny awesome. i can see but it's oh, just, his daughter's yeah like a full-grown woman now though right uh maybe in teens or late oh, teens. okay okay but but i mean like still it's just like seeing him being a, like a being imagine just think about it, just being like imagine if weird al was your dad <laughs> That'd be weird. (laughs) But in a good way, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think he's come up on this podcast before. He really is a great dude, and he was so influential to people in our age group. Like uh, Al Music, where he used to come on Much Music, and he would like murder the VJ by poisoning them or something, (laughs) and then he would just take over. And I remember there was one point – I hope I haven't said this on here before, but one point where – he was reading letters from fans and like, uh, requests for videos to play or whatever. And it's like, dear Al, could you please play buddy Holly by Weezer? And he, he just said, um, no, they suck. And just like crumpled it up and everyone
1: knows it's not a shitty song, but it was still funny. That's so good. And then he's like, Hey, how about this parody version of that song? Yeah, probably his own. yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, let's talk then well first of all i did before we move on from your show i did want to say thank you for doing that that special on my show and on me because oh yeah no worries you know it's a hard grind like i do this show for no money and i work my ass off and a lot of time it's it's impeding on other life stuff but uh but i do it because of these conversations are always a reward in their own but nevertheless being acknowledged by someone like you were saying like that one person who's listening to your show but you can tell they really fucking dig it and it's like resonating and that's that's what it's all about you know and I also I wanted to point out the dude. So I had submitted a few songs to you, one of which was a comedy song. And then as soon as the episode goes up, essentially some dude comments in the like, comment section about, I don't know why I keep seeing the Gary, I think his name was, I don't know. I keep seeing these comedians and hearing them on the radio, but then you're supposed to be funny. Where's the comedy. And it's like, I had sent you a song, but it, it didn't make the time cut or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And this turned out, we think uh, that this was the same guy who harassed Simone. Who had gone on cbc radio and then this guy called her he got her phone number which i guess she had put up on her website now it's been taken down and he just gave her shit about how she should have been more funny but he did it from this condescending like mansplaining kind of or comedian splaining it you was know.
1: very much yes yeah, so it was it was actually on my show that she Oh, it was your show. Okay, sorry. I thought it was CBC for some reason. So this guy, avid listener of CKCU. That makes way more sense. And (laughs) he said the same thing. And yeah, Colton, very, very odd. Um, It goes to show the nature of putting yourself out there in a way where it's like, sometimes you're going to have these people. And I was just like, uh, and I, I I felt so bad. I gotta say, I oh, was no, like,
0: I didn't give a fuck. I wrote something back to him, really kind of just being like, "Yo, bro, chill the fuck it, out." Like, it was
1: it was, and, but especially when he called Simone, because then she she shared a that's creepy a yeah. post about it, and I was like, and I knew that it wasn't like my fault. You feel partially responsible of though. Yeah, yeah, of course. I even ma- I, I emailed the program director, so I like I did what I could. So I emailed the program director, being like, "Hey, like this happened. What can I do? What's the possibility of like and." It was just uh, really just a, it, it's it's a shame it happened, but at the very least, like, someone dealt with it very professionally. Yes. She didn't, uh, she didn't, like, you know, she just let well, him... Well,
0: she filed like uh, uh No, no, wait. This was another instant guy. I'm mixing it up. Yes. She had someone
1: else harass her on the phone. That yeah, was, that was a racism thing. Though, that, yeah. w- that was way, way Yeah, important. that was way worse. This this guy was just kind of annoying, right? Like an irritating and just being like... Yeah, it's still weird to call kind of unsolicited,
0: <laughs> yeah. though. It yeah. feels very creeper. <laughs> totally, you know? totally. That's why I'm mixing up those stories, I guess. Because to me, it still feels like an invasion of... Uh, like, you don't fucking know me. Were you calling it, me to come and judge me and give me your fucking
1: wisdom? I don't know. I'm Anyways... A, uh, no one please no one call me about my my guest skills today please. I will <laughs> and don't, you can find me on Instagram and message me if you want though and you can be like, "Hey, I saw you. Just wanted to say that um, why are you drinking watermelon seltzer?" And I'll be like cuz why I have like- you
0: never been in a dark room? You call yourself a photographer? <laughs> oh you fucker? No. Okay. Um, I'm, uh, I'm so sorry. I here. am going to say based on uh, you mentioned <laughs> Uh, so look, White Claw. If you want to sponsor the show, we'd be down. Also, I have to pee. That's kind of where I'm going. So we are going to do a, a brief break. But uh, before I do, I want to say, "Fuck you, Mike's Hard Lemonade." <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna become a weekly.
1: Is, are we doing a break?
0: Hey guys, we're back from the pee break. Uh, and before that, uh, moments ago, you would have heard me uh, cursing out a certain beverage company. Uh, I'm not going to get into it here. People who uh, are Facebook friends already know what's going on with Mike's Hard Lemonade. I don't want to say anything uh, on the record just yet, but uh, other than fuck Mike's Hard Lemonade, I will say that on the record. <laughs> Anyways, um, back to, uh, I did want to talk to you about Ottawa because yep. you said you moved here. So that was one of my questions is were you born born and raised here?
1: Yes, born in Ottawa. But you but moved away. Bracebridge, Muskoka.
0: Bracebridge is Ontario as well? Yep, in okay. Muskoka. And was yeah, that I, for school?
1: Uh, so I was only here for my first three years. I lived in Constance Bay. Do not remember it at all.
0: We were just there in that area for, uh, cottage life during August. Yeah.
1: Very cool. We were at
0: McLaren's Landing.
1: I'm, I'm planning to bike out to my old home, uh, next weekend just to kind of go and see it they've got the carp creamery truck there
0: right on uh, Constance Bay right when you turn on honestly I have no idea oh you haven't been there in a very long time
1: it's since I was three. Oh shit okay damn yeah, <laughs> my bad so but but when I so uh three moved because of parents job to Bradford Ontario then moved again because of parents job to where's Bradford, Bradford near Newmarket near Barrie. so Toronto well because she's from Brantford it sounds very similar there's yeah there's a lot of like birds and and also like the bra and the buzz and the bees yeah i guess um <laughs> so, and and because like Bracebridge and Bradford. Yeah. Oh, you just mean B sounding? Ottawa. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like there's so many, so many towns and cities in Ontario that start with B. Like uh, yo,
0: I'm gonna cut you off with a weird tangent. Go for but it. But something I meant to say, you totally just sparked my memory when we we're talking about Ottawa, um yeah, yeah. and it being like the right size. Yeah. When Kelly and I went to Columbus, Ohio, if you ever get a chance, go there, man. They have a million people, so it feels very similar in vibe and they're big uh you university town they're all go buckeyes and you know um or maybe it's a college i don't know but whatever the, it, it was just so many nice trees a very nature like when you're walking around all these small shops it was They remind you of ottawa like so much okay, and the okay. people even reminded me of ottawa even though we're in a completely different country and the area code was 614 and for people That's who so don't funny. know ottawa it's 613 here so that was really weird we bought weed <laughs> off some random guy and he gave us his card and we were like what
1: i I uh, got to say, one I'm pretty sure one of my favorite YouTubers is from uh, from Columbus, Ohio. Okay. And that's uh, Scott the Woz.
0: Yo, I just... Um, Huge fan Again, this guy. is a weird tangent, but I just watched this... It was like a documentary on Facebook video that just came up, and I kind of got sucked in. It was like 45 mm-hmm. minutes, but about some YouTuber guy who, like, long story short, in the end, he kills a few people that work with him at the supermarket, and it was like the weirdest fucking shit ever. It's all about him... Um, you find out through that he's having a clear, like, gender identity issues, which, like, my heart goes out to him, but, like, don't fucking
1: kill people. Was this the person related to, like, the Danny Phantom thing? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, you, I saw that. Yeah, maybe
0: this is, like, something that everyone old news, but for me, I was like, yeah, he became obsessed it, that he was gonna die and become one of these cartoon ghosts and go, like, live with these characters from the show that he was obsessed with, and he started cross-dressing. He and,
1: created his own character in the style of the Danny Phantom, Nickelodeon, or like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 he
0: had, and for a while, it seemed like you know, there could have been maybe healthy outlets for him to pursue, like become an animator or something. But like, any even his YouTube, it seemed, or he made it sound like the, he had a decent following and, and, you know, interaction from people. It wasn't like a guy with three subscribers or something, you know, but it really sucked me in because it was a creepy, it could totally be a movie or something, not to glorify it, but it was really, really a character story that really happened and obviously the murder stuff at the end was pretty riveting because there's all these versions of what happened. And
1: and it came ex- directly from, you know, like YouTube. like the, It was popularized because of YouTube. Well, that's, that's the weirdest it part,
0: right? Is like only in this day and age can you have a murderer. I mean, he wasn't a serial killer, I suppose, but he still killed like three people, I think. Um, only in this day and age could you have like, hours of like video confession before it even happens it's like it's like if the columbine killers had been youtubers i'm not even and he admired them too that was part of he wrote the name he named his guns like because he idolized eric fuckface who killed all the kids in columbine so it was just really to me was more i guess compelling as just like a, a human nature documentary and like the era that we live in it was just like here's when social media goes really fucking wrong and and like and I think, unfortunately, that it could lead to more people going down similar paths because it is an isolating experience that's extra isolating because it <clears throat> it lies behind a facade of connectivity, social, social media, right? It sounds like such a, oh, you're going to make so many friends. And yet for so many people, it's like this isolating experience that can be devoid of real connection, you know?
1: And I mean, the pandemic only enhanced that, right? And, Definitely. And it's one of those things where... You know, even for me lately, I definitely started feeling that, the, the devoid of connection. And, you know, starting to think about, like, why am I posting this to Instagram? Like, why am I sharing this? Or yeah. why am I – uh, like, what is the point of me sharing – Partially it's because
0: everyone else is. Exactly. There's it's, that, just mob mentality.
1: Yeah, and, and then, like, you know, trying to bring it all back and trying to really look at, like, what I'm using to benefit the community a little bit more, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, Well, that's the problem, is that all
0: social media has – justifiable seemingly good-hearted um you know avenues you can you can utilize it yep. with i don't know that came out a little blot- blotchy but you know what i'm <laughs> saying like i get it is is that there there would seemingly be proactive positive ways that you can utilize and i would argue there definitely is and there has been many times in the past but it's all still entrenched in this much larger parasitic kind of Ugh, you know well, <laughs> we it, all know it, like the fact that we can talk about this shit and yet you and me both are gonna post on fucking instagram at some point you know what i mean like we can talk as if we're above it but we're still fucking right in
1: it and, it, and i think it's you know it's it's being aware and using it as a tool and not letting yourself get sucked into it which i definitely was at one point for sure I think well, everyone sure. goes
0: through cycles and you kind of cleanse and detox. Oh, yeah. And I mean, detox.
1: it's kind of like, you know, I remember like having like a night. I remember this one night I, I went out drinking and I drank way too hard. And I was like, all right, detox. And I was taking a few days and I was like, ah, now I feel great. And I was like, all right, let's drink again. <laughs>
0: uh, you must have felt like shit because you had too many Mike's Hard lemonade. <laughs> we'll do that to you. <laughs> um, now, I was going to say, actually, I want to address that too, because... Uh, Ever since we started doing in studio again, almost every single one has been on the weekend and almost every time I've been drinking, and I just audience, I'm doing okay. Don't you worry. (laughs) Well, I just feel bad because people who might tune every week might be like, All right, is this guy like drinking too much? Or
1: but you know, hey, it's Sunday, so go fuck yourself. Honestly, I agree. It's Sunday, and it's also really nice outside. And like we have had the best weather. Absolutely. It's beautiful outside, it's comfortable
0: in here. Speaking of Ottawa, for people who are not from the area, yes, I, I would think you would back this up, but the two nicest times to visit Ottawa is about a two-week period from uh, the end of May into the beginning of June, mm-hmm. or maybe four weeks you could extend that to the second half of May and the first half of June, probably the best weather you'll ever get, followed by what we're in right now, which is like yeah, early septem- September, It's, it's just, or well, mid-September, Even
1: early October can be pretty sweet. Like, and then there's, but there is a chance that by the end of October, we get snowfall. Who the hell knows? <laughs> you never well, know living here.
0: That is, yeah. The truest thing you can say about Ottawa weather is it's
1: a uh, saucy bitch. It's like, despite all my talk about the love of community in the city, <laughs> the weather. It's so temperamental. And, and you just, know, I talked about adapting earlier. Yeah. I feel like, I, like, it's so hard to adapt to Ottawa weather. It's yeah. like, what happened? Like tomorrow, for all we know, it's going to go like. Minus zero, child minus size zero. hail. Child size hail. <laughs> Just, yeah. Small child though, don't worry. It's only a toddler. <laughs> Infant hail coming down. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, yesterday I was out in my bathing suit tanning, and yeah. then it's like,
0: and oh, then it's this? flooding the next day or something, or we had a fucking tornado, <laughs> I which know. like, can you believe that shit? Like, only because growing up, I thought I had been here enough years to know. The natural disasters that we get.
1: Was that the one that hit Gatineau really hard?
0: No, it ripped. Well, it hit a bunch of places. It went. There yeah, was yeah, five yeah. of them. They determined in the end that there was five spread out across the area. <sighs> That's insane. Dun Robin got really fucked up. Correct. And yes. Quebec, I, I think, but one of them was right through here. We were super lucky. There's a Timmy's that I can drive to in like a minute that got obliterated. But that was the Rory's house got fucked up, and he lives right up the street. You know, Rory Gardner.
1: Also oh, he lives for, down the road?
0: He lives, yeah, just past Knoxdale, the school up oh. here on Green Bank. Yeah, and uh, from what I know, or at least he did live there when his house got wrecked, I think. Oh Maybe I'm God. fucking that up. You can correct me, Rory, so, if, you know.
1: But yeah, that, that was the time when we lost a power, too, for, like, I I, lo- I had no power for at least, like, two or three days, Yeah, I think. And I had my buddy up, and we were so pumped to play Smash Bros. together the whole weekend. And guess what <laughs> happened? Yeah, that was, that was my I, lo- I
0: love how, like, some people lost their house, and Eric's like, bro, I couldn't play Smash Brothers, though, like... <laughs> that's hilarious no hey i'm uh we all fight our own battles
1: i will kick your asses as mr game watch
0: can i just say so yeah. that smash bros it's not a game i wouldn't play and mm-hmm. maybe i just suck at it but i've always thought it was so overhyped and every time i have played it with four people when everyone gets super far away from each other i don't know where the fuck i am anymore it zooms <laughs> out so far is this true am i crazy okay morgan's nodding i know can, you play a lot of it video can games. be
1: it can be definitely it's one of those things that it's you know you throw the nintendo branding on it and then it's like hey this game is now very popular and also you have the characters in it are so branded heavily right so it's like it's a nice variety though i love the concept of
0: let's get all these cool characters to fight but i just i don't know the format bugs me a bit i guess
1: it's one of those things where it's also like uh like the fighting game genre is such a like a unique totally little, little bubble of things and it 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 gets people. Oh yeah, we're gonna fighting? play that after. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's a Marvel fighting game. That's amazing. Yeah, dude. That's. Uh, I grew up on Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and all that shit.
1: I love how you have an arcade cabinet in here. Yeah, That's this amazing. is one
0: of these little ones. I don't know if people ever want an arcade cabinet. This is called a uh, One Up. It's like a mini arcade, and it gets a little riser, so you can still stand at regular arcade height. But it's like I think it was six hundred bucks all in with tax, as opposed good. to. Uh, you know, if you want to go buy a classic cabinet, yeah. it's going to cost you at least a couple grand. Like holy if it's something that holy. was in the night, because they're collect- collector's items now. And you have to service them. You know, they're fucking old. So it's, you know, if one's working really great, someone put some money into that shit. Like my dream, if I was like on MTV Cribs and I got to that fucking point, I would be uh, getting one of these. Morgan, you probably play this with me. at the. There's a water park in Brantford where we used to play this. And it's the six player X-Men game. It's the only six-player arcade setup I've ever seen. And we would play it as cousins. That's and, amazing. Yeah, there was like Nightcrawler, Dazzler, Colossus, Cyclops, Wolverine, and Storm. Wow, as if I, I'm i a nerd. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, to me, that's like the just top-level arcade cabinet.
1: Just, that's amazing. The fact that like it's clearly made an impact on you.
0: Oh, yeah, I would never be able to afford one now unless I won the lottery or something. I think they're like five grand or I don't that's, even know. That's crazy. Maybe I'm wrong, but like I can only assume if the regular size ones are a couple grand that this epic six-player version must be pricey.
1: Honestly, though, even just having something like that, that's so that's so fun. And Well, it's, and
0: I, I went with replayability here because that X-Men one I was just describing, it's a linear game. You know, it's a side-scrolling, get through, beat all the levels, and then it's done. But fighting games to me have that replayability of like, you know oh, let's play this guy against this guy. It's always just meant to be a mashup, you know? Oh,
1: it's, it it kind of reminds me of that, as well as, like, the the NBA Jam games and, like... Yeah, sports games are another one, yeah. It's like I used the, to love hockey games, too. Where it's just, like, the back and forth and... The shit-talking. The shit-talking. <laughs> it's like, no, you, no, you! <laughs> and you're, like, bumping each other. Like, well, that
0: like, was that you know. uh, old skit on 40-Year-Old Virgin that probably hasn't aged very well, but they, you know how I know you're gay. And it's, like, they're playing Mortal Kombat and trying to chop each other's head off, but, like... I don't remember any of the examples, unfortunately, but what a good riff to go off of. Cause as much as it's not PC to say uh, like, and I agree with, you know, you shouldn't use gay as this derogatory term of you suck, but we very much grew up with it. And when that movie came out, I don't know. It, it was very relevant. It's, oh,
1: it was, it, that was like the, the thing to say. I remember like people would use it relentlessly. Oh, That's so gay, man. Totally. Totally.
0: Which, you know, I don't agree with that, but. At the time, it was you know things take time, I guess, to process through society's filter.
1: I haven't heard people say that at.
0: Oh all. no, you get called out
1: now. Oh yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, unless you were trying to say it positively, you'd be like, "What do you think of this shirt? That is so gay." <laughs> if you were saying it like in a positive way, I think that would be alright, like right? An
1: actual, an actual like you're using the term exactly as it. As it, as well, uh, it yeah, is.
0: true. I didn't even think of that. Gay meant just like happy and joyful, yeah. right? Yeah, Up- yeah. Upbeat. Gaylord
1: was a good thing. It was to it, be a lord of the gay. I always remember the meet the meet the parents. Meet, yeah, yeah. Gaylord fucker. Yeah. Man, That's, what a name. What a name. Yeah. What's,
0: oh, actually, it's funny that you mentioned this because uh, Kelly and I were talking in the car about that, about unisex names and predominantly male versus female because Aaron O'Toole, who is the conservative leader mm-hmm. running right now, spells his name the girl way is what i was saying and i didn't mean that to sound basic or whatever but i've never met an aaron that wasn't aaron and women that i've met named aaron have always been erin and that's aaron o'toole how he same, spells it same name. with
1: me i've never met an aaron so it, so
0: it is a little odd right did you ever notice that dad or no aaron o'toole him having the girl spelling again i probably sound like a caveman saying this i don't mean to be a dick but um but we started talking about that and like i had a math teacher whose name was shannon which is, and he was a tough motherfucker. He had a scar on his face. Like, you wouldn't mess with this guy, but I think that's how you end up with a, to to quote Johnny Cash, boy named Sue, it's kind of that, I gave him that name so he would grow up tough because he would have to defend himself and, you know, fight through the bullshit. Have you heard Boy Named Sue? I actually have not. Wow. What? My dad's going to be flabbergasted by that. Yeah. So A Boy Named Sue is all about, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's a true story, but it's about someone in this story that Johnny Cash has written whose dad basically fucked off on him and he said i knew i wasn't going to be there to help raise you so i gave you that name because i knew it would make you tough because you'd have to oh. stick up for yourself at every turn
1: so i'm gonna have to listen to the descendants i'll write Boy you a names. list yeah i'll write you a list hell yeah. i'll make you a playlist fuck go for it yeah, i would yeah. love to like i can't believe you haven't heard that johnny cash song that is one that's there, kind of yeah there's a chance i may have heard it and I may, i'll hear it and i'll be like oh i recognize my that.
0: name is sue how do you do now you're gonna die <laughs> oh man it's so fucking good <laughs> And I bit his ear and all that. The fight, the way they describe the fight is so good. And the blood and the guts and the beer. It's oh man. Man, I was I
2: wasn't a huge Johnny Cash fan, but he has you gotta give the guy credit, he has some iconic. That song about him
0: jacking parts from the the car place that he worked at a car factory it's like i got it one piece at a time and it didn't cost me a dime you know it's me when i roll through your town you you know what i
2: I really like was when the the wolverine movie came out his last uh logan logan yeah Yeah, that was fucking yeah that johnny cash song that opens that movie was it hurt yeah, I think so. It was you know, a
0: that's a Nine Inch Nails song that he actually covered.
2: Oh, is that right? The Nine oh, Inch Nails were like an early
0: '90s industrial yeah, yeah, band. Yeah. Trent Reznor, who's gone on to win a couple Academy Awards because he did the soundtrack for The Social Network mm-hmm. and something else more recently. Soul, soul, yeah. Well, I, I, I is, think oh, that's the Pixar I think
2: thing. Johnny yeah. Cash did that song very well. Yeah, I thought made it made an impression. Oh,
1: you should hear the original though; it's pretty great. Trent I Reznor should, yeah. sings yeah. that really okay. well. Yeah, it, it's definitely one that is kind of like the iconic. Covers that you don't know are covers. Yeah, because you
0: assume anything Johnny Cash is putting out is like he's the originator of it.
1: That comes from an album of all covers that he did, right? Yes,
0: Kelly had that as well. Yeah, Um,
1: amazing, amazing. Like again, "Hurt" by Johnny Cash. Trent Reznor. Yeah, if you haven't
0: heard it, look it up for sure.
1: Trent Reznor even was like, "Hey, this is yours now. Like you did, you took it, you took it in a direction that I kind of wish I did, sort of thing. Like he was like you made it your own.'
0: You must have heard the Folsom Prison Blues, though. Oh yeah. And yeah. he sings it live in front of all the prisoners and stuff.
1: Totally, totally.
0: I always thought the disturbing part of that song is when uh, he has the line about, like, uh, my mama told me not to play with guns. You got to be a good boy. And then he says, like, I, I shot a man, in Reno, just to watch him die. And then you hear the go like, what? like uh i'd be like playing a little nervously at that point like these guys like death and anarchy yeah i forgot about that um (laughs) well seriously wouldn't that make you a little nervous of course i guess no one really fucked with johnny cash though he kind of has that prisoner vibe he had been to prison i'm pretty sure He he was a heroin addict and all this
1: he knows what he like badass badass motherfucker that guy yeah. Totally.
0: Well, I don't want to say going to prison and doing heroin makes you badass. No, anything, no. Don't do those the, things. But, <laughs> <the other> stuff. <laughs> but yeah, isn't it weird how people who end up in those situations, like let's say people who have gone to prison and people who have done hard drugs, a lot of the time they are still super hella interesting people. It's like the people that ride close to the edge sometimes, you know, ignite in a glorious way even though they might be self-destructive at the same time. You know? Absolutely. I think I've always been kind of uh, entranced by that. Like uh, growing up, Well, Sublime was a huge one for me and and the tragic story that comes along with that, which is, you know, him dying a month before their huge album is released. And they had been a struggling band selling CDs out of their car and shit, you know, and this and it did go on to become multi-platinum and all that. But he had a baby. He had gotten married a week to the day before. And it was like a Greek tragedy of music. And uh, and then, you know, I got into The Doors and Jim Morrison. I felt like Bob Marley, even not that he. He died of cancer related things, but still I I found like all the music that pulled me in was the stuff that those people aren't around anymore. Queen, whatever. Like there's something about death that sucks me in. Not in like a, I don't think a morbid way, but I don't know. It's just the, the, temporary nature of our existence. And then someone who shines so bright and the fact that like, ah, I wish I would have seen them in concert. And then you have to just go and scour YouTube and try to like pretend you're there and shit.
1: The music's still shining though for a lot of those bands. One of my favorites out of, you know, even like thinking about the 27 club and artists who, mm. who, you know, and- uh, my personal like favorite. And whenever I think about it is always in excess. Oh yeah.
0: I, the, they were Australian, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I forgot the guy's name, the singer's name. I know, I know they, exactly what you're talking about. Were, and
0: then they did like a reality show to replace them. To replace with a
1: Canadian. Yeah, and which is kind of cool. They, I, I honestly, one of the songs they came out with, "Pretty Vegas." Who was the guy that uh, got the gig? you remember uh i remember he had like lived out of
0: his car at one point and it was like a huge break for him
1: i don't remember his name but he's he sounded fine like he sounded good and i like pretty vegas is such a sweet tune and and the original singer it was like uh
0: david carradine thing right it was like a audio uh, audio <laughs> audio erotic asphyxiation wow for yes. a musician that kind of fits but yeah that's... um auto erotic is what i was going for there yeah, yeah. and maybe he had headphones on i don't know <laughs> maybe he was listening to a jam <laughs> While he was
1: <laughs> he was listening to his own music you know' just like. so
0: narcissistic oh god man we've had some some bright little moments in this podcast
1: I love it honestly this is this is so fun
0: okay well yeah only because I, I know we have guests arriving soon they're probably stuck in traffic we probably have more time than we think but um I did want to talk to you about cycling because sure. as we mentioned I think you're the first guest who biked here I know it's a big part of your life I wanted to know first off what is your thoughts on bike lanes versus
1: biking on sidewalks like when we were kids? Um, if you want my complete, honest, unfiltered opinion, let's give it. Yeah, I think anyone who bikes on a sidewalk is an idiot. Oh, strong think, words. I think not. Not. <laughs> I
0: just. I'm very much one. He's for biking the, to university, Eric. I'm but very, you're calling him an idiot.
1: I'm no. very much. I'm very much one for the th- the fact is, if you're on a bike, you're a vehicle. Be on the road or be on a bike lane. If you're on a sidewalk, hmm. you you walk your bike.
0: Okay. Well. Now that the rules are as such, I would agree with you because there's times where I'm trying to walk on the sidewalk and some bike guy comes by, they don't even ring their bell or whatever. And it's annoying. But if we're measuring the way it used to be, and I don't know, maybe people still biked on the road, but when I grew up, we were always on the sidewalk and there weren't bike lanes in the way that there are now. Isn't a collision between a biker and a pedestrian better than a collision between a biker and a car?
1: Y- yes, very much. So that's kind of where I, my
0: logic is on I, that. But
1: I guess, I guess, in my experience, when I was younger, I got hit by when I was um, on a sidewalk, I got hit by a cyclist who was barreling down. That's one of my questions. But okay, yeah, and I guess that might have like a factor as to like why I'm a or little biased, like uh, a little bit. But I'm also very much, um, I, I always like when biking here, I biked on the road almost the entire way. Yeah, I took the experience. Well, you had f- the
0: shorts; you're professional.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that I'm very much though. So I could even go as far as to say that I've, I'm have I'm terrified, or at least I used to be terrified of driving a car. Hmm. Biking on the road has given me much more confidence, and I'm more confident now to get back behind the wheel of a car because I've developed confidence in defensive driving, defensive cycling. Like if I'm biking on the road, I signal, I'm going left, I'm going right. Um, See, my thing with that is like the guy puts the arm up and I'm like, I don't know what that means, but to you too. Like I don't For, so I'll explain. Maybe that's my bad as a driver, I should probably know, but So if a cyclist puts left arm up like this, they're yeah. turning right. Cyclists out like this, they're tr- they're going left. Down, opposite, stop. That means So down makes sense to me. Why was it not left or right? It's so like, it's it's to so that a cyclist I'm I'm assuming so that they can always have one hand. But it means you've always, thought about
0: this. What's that? It means you've thought about, like, why wasn't it left and right as I'm proposing? Totally, totally, totally.
1: Because, like, you know, some people do that. Some people do go just like, I'm going right, I'm going left, which makes sense. I would get that more as a driver. I guess it's like the... The, the written like the the it's been written that way so it is. Oh yeah, that I'm way just questioning
0: the dude that put out like the original uh, book, and they were
1: like, I, sure, yeah, whatever. I, I I have no idea, honestly. It's I weird. do I do think it is just so like when a cyclist is biking, so that you can like always have one hand on. I guess.
0: So that's oh, so they're hating on lefties. Cool. I think it's also
2: cool.
0: I. <laughs> you don't want to embrace the southpaws.
2: I think it's also that uh, by keeping all the signals to one arm, the car driver knows where to look to get the, the intent mm, of the bicyclist. The That's yeah, correct. Yeah. Not darting eyes on like, which hand is this guy going with, you know, and that kind of thing.
0: But Keep, would you validate that it's, it's a worthy proposal to put your right hand out when you're going to go right? <laughs> I think there is a, a well, rudimentary. But then you have
2: to put your left hand out if you're going left and, and there's just more. Well, coverage, you never have to put know?
0: both out at the same time.
2: No, no. Well, of course not. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, how is this difficult? I was thinking that when when Eric was talking about, well, it was to keep one hand. Well, which difference does it make? As long as you have one hand on, you can signal with either hand. But I really think it's about consistency. It's about, Mm -hmm. you know, you do Mm -hmm. all the signals from the one side, and that's where the driver looks to see what the bicyclist is going to do.
0: I guess just to play devil's advocate, who's considering the driver's perspective? How many drivers are informed on bike hand lingo? Not that many. How many people know the difference between left and right? That, hey, that's where I'm hey look
2: at car drivers today. How many of them are informed on a lot of well, things? Well, yeah, yeah. that's mean, a mean, whole geez. other fucking conversation. <laughs> I mean, let's not go there.
1: And that's that's one thing for me about um, that's one thing for me about biking on the roads. I actually will be straight up that the most. So I I've biked a lot this summer, more than I ever have in any summer, especially with the pandemic. For my mental health, it's been amazing. But one of the things that I've realized my experience, I've had very very few. Bad encounters with cars. Actually, most drivers have been pretty amazing. And like, even if I'm taking up a whole lane, they're patient. But nice. I also, I'm very, very, I'm, I keep aware. If I know a car can pass me, I move over, let them pass, go on. If I know I can keep up with traffic, then I take up the lane as long as like I'm not slowing them down. If there's a bus coming, I move. Like, I, yeah. I do everything that I feel like is common sense to do because I'm still, like, even though I'm a vehicle, quote unquote, I still need to give the ones that have the fi- higher speed, a little bit of that extra room to do what they got to do.
0: Yeah, well, it's intimidating, especially if you're new to biking in the bike lane, especially if you're in a, like a really metropolitan area and you're downtown or something, it's it's intimidating, especially you hear stories. I know when they implemented that newest bike lane on Queen Street a couple of years ago, it was because someone had, uh, oh my God, well, yeah, someone opened their door and someone was biking and it like, I don't know if they died or, or just got seriously injured, but like-
1: I always stay- uh, especially in the downtown area i always always stay at least a meter away from those doors because you never know yeah um and i always shoulder check all the time all the all the time
0: but does that make your bike riding experience kind of stressful as opposed to blissful at the you moment know?
1: uh at, based on now no it actually honestly you're c- so like you know acclimated to that i was biking to mariville at around 9 p.m last week so i had lights on but it was pitch black very dark i was not stressed i was Adrenaline. I had in your zone. Nice. I had it, but I, I, same thing we were talking about with comedy. When I'm on my bike, I get adrenaline. I have my music on my phone in front of me playing sometimes, and it just feels like I just get, I get energy. I get, I feel the like music alive. is such
0: a thing, man. Yeah. Like, uh, I went longboarding for like three hours one night at like one in the morning. I found this, like, I don't know, suburban little network of, of cul de sacs, and or, I don't know, just different, like, connective little mazes that I could just skate around, and it was, so much better with music, and Absolutely. and every time I kept finding my way back to the way that would lead me home, I'd be like, oh! And at that point, I was happy because I got a little lost, but I'd be like, oh, oh, here's Green Bank, cool, I can head back to my place. And then I I would just turn around and I went back in twice, where I would just just delve back in, knowing I might get lost again, but it was so fucking fun.
1: And also night night anything like that, it, there's something about biking and even what you're talking about longboarding, like just being out at night when it's so quiet. Yes, man, and it's just. Yes.
0: I'm a night owl. I've done overnight shifts oh. in all my careers for like the last 20 years.
1: And I just started working at a bar, um, which I didn't mention, but I'm working at a place called Montgomery Scotch Lounge. I'm learning a hell of a lot about scotch. And I'm, I then used to like scotch. Now I like scotch kind of. And I'm my like, dad's a
2: scotch, man.
1: Oh, what's, your, what's your preferred scotch of
2: choice? Is it L- Laphroaig or something like oh, that? Are you an Islay guy? Yeah, I'm very much an Isla guy. Uh, Lagavulin is. Oh, there you go. That's, that's the Swamp. nicest this is brand. Yeah, but and, and that's to me. <laughs> Both that, got the mustache. That's dude. the pinnacle. That's the pinnacle. But Lafroig is my everyday.
1: Nice. So I, okay, cool. I, I do know my. Dad I gotta head. ask Lafroig. Do you have a preference between ten quarter cask lore?
2: Uh, I Ooh, would prefer I don't know ten. What that means. I would prefer ten for me. Uh, quarter cask is harsh. I've always found it I harsh. I agree.
0: Yeah. It's like drinking a barrel. Yeah, it's
1: like drinking. Uh, the, the way we describe it on our menu is it's uh, it's like a burning hospital. It's like it's so it's, so it's like it's chemicals and like it tastes like but because it, it's so it's so but the people who like it really like it. But a burning but, hospital. But
2: but the other one you said uh, lore. I don't think I've tried that.
1: We, we had it in stock and it just uh, just went out. So it's same, same there's an element of peediness. I really can't speak too much. I'm still very much learning. But well, if you're not, interested in I was going to say, it sounds like should, when we go out, you you guys mean, should, I'll bring my dad and then you can. Uh, okay, yeah, come to, come to the Scotch Lounge. So yeah. there's, um, the location I'm working at right now is the Old Ottawa South one, which is just down the road from the Mayfair. But the new one is where Prest used to be.
0: Press cafe I, again a place i've heard of so many times but i've never so frequented. that's at
1: 750 gladstone and okay. that's going to be a music venue and they might want to be doing comedy and stuff there is that knows? near the
0: drum shop or no
1: mm, further down the road okay uh but yeah I totally come by i like that's for me Do they only have scotch then uh yeah scotch and beer and
0: wine oh beer mm-hmm. okay, okay Yeah. yeah. just because well, i'm not a big scotch guy i'll try a sip well, and all that well, but...
2: t- tell the owners that if i can listen to decent comedy and drink actual decent scotch. Ooh, that, that's a winning combo. Comedy Club.
1: I well because like I tried to. Uh, um, the reason that one of the reasons that they they pulled me on is because of, um, you know like my connection with CKCU and stuff like that, and and I want to help them make like create a space that is like, oh like creating a creative community in this in this a space that's also so unique with giving different alcohol options that a lot of places don't have. And they have so many different scotches in them. I think that'd be amazing. Like in Scotch. The dem- whole
0: audience, just, just guys with mustaches. I'm, <laughs> i predicting it. In a <laughs> bunch of Ron Swanson.
1: But imagine that like, cause scotch is this thing you sip slowly and it's like perfect for comedy. Totally. Yeah. Like a total. Yeah.
0: Well, you say that, but it's also something that if you don't sip slowly, you become a drunken doofus and that's not always great for comedy because there are You're heckling right. tables
2: that. Well, that's why you need the other Ron Swanson ingredient Meat.
0: <laughs> oh, to satiate them. I thought you were gonna say uh, like Ron Swanson's ability to shut people the fuck up, That's where so he's funny. always just like, "This too. will not be tolerated here." You know, like he's just got that direct nature about him. Um,
1: I, I don't even know how we started. T- how I started talking about the the Scotch language, but th- these the, are the best podcasts though. The, the ones
0: where we don't know how the fuck we got here.
1: I I, I very much. Oh, because I was talking about how um how I've been working later and and biking home after after my shifts. It's so – it could take the long way home, and I'm biking along the canal, and it's just so, 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 so refreshing. And, again, the the whole thing about biking is uh, – I'll just say for people listening out there, if you are a cyclist and you like cycling, just, you know, be, be mindful about people around you um, for your own safety but also for pedestrians because when you're on bike lanes, you can – be very. You can very much hurt somebody if you're going too fast.
2: Yeah. Especially the elderly, Correct. who are often mm. a good portion of pedestrians. And will get hurt, hurt the, or the worst. And,
1: and I will stress this so much because it's something that I i didn't do it for the for longest time, but I've, done, I've started doing it. It doesn't take a lot of effort to either ring your bell or say on your left. And that won't give people, even if they jump it's better than them r- walking in front of you by accident or a dog. That's one of the things that always terrifies me the most is when I'm biking and seeing a dog Something
0: lunges at you. Yeah.
1: Well, and a, a dog is way more unpredictable than a person. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do is run over somebody's dog Of course. and yeah. either hurt them or at least like scare them. Yeah.
0: No, but if you ram into a dog's like organs or something that could be serious problems or like, you know, break their arm or whatever, you know,
1: a few weeks ago I was biking and a rabbit ran into my wheel <laughs> It was fine. I actually checked on it. It was okay. But I was like, you idiot. Like, I was just like... What are you doing, Thumper? It literally ran into my wheel. I guess it, like, didn't process the the time when I, like... Well, you're questioning all roadkill at this point. You know, like, Like, they all, you know... And I was just like... Didn't want to die by I, I, I felt squishing. I, I was just like doing this. I was going like, oh, oh, my God. Like, I just hit a rabbit. I just hit a rabbit. I just hit a rabbit. And a homeless guy just walking by was like, hey, dude, I think you hit that rabbit, man. And I was like, He was yes. like, are you, are you going to eat that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, clearly I felt it. It hit my freaking wheel. Thanks, man.
0: Yeah, thanks for rubbing it in, man. So,
1: Literally, of that, he's rubbing it on
0: your wheel. Like, this is how we season it. No, I don't <laughs>
1: <laughs> get him back yes exactly uh the be be safe be kind be respectful um uh, th- i've had more problems with other cyclists than anything this summer and that's also because a lot more people are biking and people who have never biked before are now biking on the mm. roads because of the pandemic and everything
0: fucking noobs <laughs>
1: that's right uh, get get good um <laughs> But you know, just remember to just just be safe and be kind. And also, if you're on those damn scooters too, be safe and oh, be kind. Oh, the rentable ones, yeah. Just same thing, same exact thing. Like, be if you're if you are going to be on the sidewalks, just don't like don't bullet.
0: Let's just admit that at least fifty percent of people on those scooters are hammered in the market. I know, like, I know. Uh, yes. Literally. I, wa- I was drinking with a bunch of people after a show and like two of them went and rented them and they are like, hey, and they did all right. But I was very much worried they were going to smash their face. I off. know.
1: And, that, and that, honestly, it's more about their own safety than, than they're not like... Well, it's uh, that there's no uh, credentials or anything that has to be met. Like
0: yeah. You can just drunkenly rent this thing that can go pretty fast and fuck up your life.
1: It's like, well, it, I'm sure it asked you, it's like, you haven't been drinking, have you? No. Yeah, liability stuff not. for sure. But you don't
0: have to <laughs> blow into a tube to activate it or something.
1: <laughs> that would be so funny. That would be so. <laughs> like such an, an anti-COVID thing, blow into this tube on this <laughs> Well, not only that, but the guy would be like,
0: are you kidding me? I decided not to drive to be responsible, and now you're telling me I can't take a fucking scooter? You know, like, I, I feel like that guy might be a little frustrated that he had tried to go the right route and still is, you know, and then more can't, bullshit.
1: You can't scoot. Um, The South Park episode. Okay, well, just to wrap
0: it up with biking, uh, I I was going to ask if you had been in an accident. You described the the sidewalk stuff. Also, sidewalk biking, as I had proposed, in my version of this, you would be mandated to have a a big horn that goes... Every time you go by someone, because that that, that is, uh, you know, very essential.
1: And most people, honestly, are pretty, like... Under, like I no, I hardly see anybody who could, like gets mad about people on yeah. sidewalks. It's really only if there's people who are literally like, like if there is Teenagers. like, well, if there's like an elderly <laughs> couple walking, let's say, like, it's like, you can just say, Hey, I'm coming on your, like, as long as you notify them instead of trying to like shimmy around and surprise them, that's, that's uncool. Yeah. But as long as you're kind of giving Most them some Most people heads are up, courteous, yeah. And that's the thing is like, is it's just a matter of just, common sense really it's just and also just being like if you were a pedestrian what would you want someone to do yeah exactly um i did want to point
0: out that aruga was not a sound effect my dad pushed that was all me (laughs) Uh (laughs) that was great (laughs) you didn't even give me the full applause Uh, it was like a. anyways um i do want to ask you what was the furthest bike ride you've ever done like in one stretch or, or you know like a journey
1: uh this summer i did about 100K. that was that's impressive. Went out to Stitzville and nice. Went to Quitters Coffee for the first time, and I'm hoping to maybe before um, before winter hits. I was talking to a friend about maybe trying to bike to Montreal. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's a big question mark but that's something that's uh,
0: I well again especially in uh, this kind of, I don't want to say Ottawa because you'd be going from Ottawa to Montreal but yeah. the weather is you never freaking know correct
1: really. but that's one thing that I, I want to start doing more and I think I want to do incorporate into my traveling especially if I go over to Europe at some point after things settle down is like getting around by bike
0: yeah getting her ar- and I was gonna ask you I mean you talked about um, being a little afraid to drive. Have you ever gotten your license at any point, or you do I, have I a license? I
1: did. I did at one point, but it's it expired. expired. since. Yeah. and now I have to redo the entire process.
0: So is it also an uh, environmental motivation for you to be trying to? No, not even. Okay. No, just, I mean
1: it, it. 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 For sure, like it's there. It's not. But the, that's not. That's not why I'm biking. Yeah. But it's also one of those things where it's like it's a nice additive of like like, it's like yeah, I'm also not polluting shit. Correct. Yeah. But I also like I. I don't need a car at the moment necessarily. However, I know for a fact that this is going to be the next step in my own personal growth to then go back and get my license again using the the confidence that I've gained being on the road. Nice. And then incorporating that into driving. Even if I just have the license, even if I can just rent cars and go and...
0: Well, that's so cool, too, to, like, not only utilize something that's given you confidence, but just to face your fears and go back and, like, own that shit and, like, you know, not let it
1: beat you or whatever it's, you want to say. It's very much, like... Empowering. It, oh, yeah, totally. I, I I'm I used to be even so nervous to write the G1 test. No longer. But I remember being so... I I remember going in there and they were sitting me down and I was like...
0: <sighs> See, the written one never scared me, but the G2 was always so I intense did. because it's this one-on-one... Really intimate experience with this person you don't know, and much like many people who are in this kind of position of judgment, I don't know. I at least someone with anxiety like me, I instantly feel like, oh god, are they watching everything I do? Is like if oh no, I'm gonna fart now or like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Like whatever it may be, you, I get way too in my own head, knowing that there's this stranger yeah. just analyzing
1: me, and it it's not a great space to I, be in. I did the same thing when I was younger, and I I need to I need to uh, just adapt again, taking what I've done, moving forward with it and seeing what's next. And, but constantly growing, even if I'm doing something that's very different, you know, biking and driving are very, very different things. But at the same time, they both have similar functions and the idea of like more, more so about the ethical and like the, how you follow the rules and whatnot. And I've, and I, I know that like I, I trust myself on the road on a bike and I'm one step closer to trusting myself on the road behind the wheel and that's, or, or with maybe other things
0: just any any moment where you need to trust yourself and your ability to do stuff
1: and that's it's also coming to a point where it's like i'm starting to become more comfortable like um uh i never really had a fear of flying but just like doing stuff that i'm like why am i afraid yeah why why am i afraid to go by myself somewhere like uh, that's so
0: important though to break down the things that you just you you don't even bother to really analyze anymore and you're like no this is just this phobia or this this thing that it's it's so simple oversimplified you don't even look at it for what it really is anymore because it's just this scary thing like you know it's it's really important to go back and and try to confront that kind of shit because then you realize it's not what you've been making it out to be and and it's it is manageable potentially
1: yeah yeah and i i think that uh you know it all comes in time the pandemic made a lot of those things seem way way less problematic than they actually were yeah put and a lot of things in perspective uh, yeah totally totally and
0: okay that, well we do need to wrap up but um okay. do you have a question dad did you conjure anything during this
2: my only question that came to mind for cycling that i am curious about just because i'm always curious about tech is what do you use for navigation and or do you have any special hardware that you use when you're riding
1: no i mean it's of what i'm wearing I'm on my legs right now um, feels like he's wearing nothing at all Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Oh, trust me. Yeah. It, honestly, they they this is probably the best investment I did make is what I'm wearing right now because they have a cushion on my on my tush. And uh, and uh, that was so innocent. <laughs> there was a cushion on my tush, my mom sewed it on. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm just joking, and, I'm busting your ball. Um and I uh and the other one was just buying my my uh new used used bike that i got but it's a, a a brand that used to be based out of ottawa called eclipse and i'm super connected to the bike now and like emotionally connected to it i've had nightmares about it getting stolen that's how it was. crazy yeah actually but that makes sense like it's such a you know important part of your life totally and that's why when i was asking i was like hey can i like bring it in you're like of course and yeah. I, when you mentioned about the fence i was like oh, i hope it's a tall wooden fence please be a tall wooden fence yeah. And I, and then because i would be down here being like
0: we thousand. built that originally when I had a seven-foot weed plant. Amazing. And this was like a year... Well, I That's don't know. great. It was not that long ago, but it, growing weed's not for me. It's too much work.
1: And in terms of the tracking, uh, honestly, like I typically don't track... I did today because I had no idea like how to directly get to this. I At one point, I figured it out, but yeah, I've never been in this neighborhood. It was just
0: Google Maps or something. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But most times I bike, I hardly ever use Google Maps. I just... You don't print out MapQuest? That's right. No. I just bike. I bike More and I, I, I go down streets. I, I'm like, hey, I haven't been down there. I'm going to go see what's down there and go. And sometimes I end up going for 15K. Sometimes I end up going for 40K. Sometimes I end up um, at a place that I might note about talking about on my show. Yeah, that's cool. And that's kind of... You the, can feel
0: that when you listen to your show, though. That you've been to these places and you've just soaked up stuff and then you had to tell people about it. And that's what I love about your show. Thanks for um, that. I want to ask you the season two question. We do need to wrap it up but just because we got guests upstairs. But um, I think I, I heard them. Uh, but anyways, if you could have dinner with anybody who is living or dead, but someone you've never met before, who would it be and why?
1: Oh, man. I, I My first go-to is David Byrne from Talking Heads for sure. Okay. I'm, I love. I'm familiar
0: with their singles. Uh, I'm not I, like a deep cuts guy for them. but I
1: just like, I think he, he's got this. Charisma to him that inspires a lot of, definitely inspires my karaoke nights. That's for sure. But he what his stage presence and stuff. Totally. Okay. Well, he, now I have something to check out. I would say I would say watch the movie "Stop Making Sense," which is their concert film, and it's basically it's, it's like it, a documentary almost, or it's basically like a, it's a concert. You're watching just like a concert from start to finish, but it's so different. All their
0: stuff I've heard is very uh, out there, in a good way, though.
1: Totally. Yeah. Like, it starts off with him walking out with a boombox and a guitar, and then eventually each song adds another member, and then it gets to the point where it just, there's not like extra theatrics or anything, it's just his energy, though, and the way he moves, and the way he's, uh, you know, kind of like the Salvador Dali thing, where it's like, I don't do drugs, I am drugs. And that's very much Hmm. how... I've never heard that quote. Yeah, and that's very much how I feel about myself, where, like, I I smoke weed here and there, but outside of that, I don't need them, because I feel like, and that's why I feel like I want to meet David Byrne, because I feel like he's very much in that similar vein, Mm. and I would love to hear why a little bit more, Um, and also just tap into a little bit of what what his life's philosophies are, and because I love the music, but I want to know about him as this person. and.
0: I always love when I ask this question to someone and they have just like something they don't even have to hesitate, you know? Very cool.
1: Honestly, outside of that, I think another one would probably be um, like Alanis Morissette or something. Because like, I just think that that would be a cool community connection. Talk to her about Ottawa, but also... um, yeah, I got like I've kind of got a crush on her I guess like I think I don't know she's cool i I, I think she's awesome and her music is sweet and she's beautiful so oh you know. she's
0: great yeah <laughs> uh, you and me both I'd love to uh, Alanis we both want to interview you
1: oh I, I think that uh, that's one of the things though is like she's just, on tour right now. Yeah, I, 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 she was supposed to come to Blues Fest, right? Because then yes, it got canceled. Yes, I was yes. like.
0: She's doing the States, I think, right now across, because you can do shit in the States right now.
1: It, but it just, again, like, in yeah, those two are definitely, like, they're in the, more in the music realm, uh, but I, I would love, love, oh, and Ari Aster, too, the director of Her- Hereditary and Midsommar, uh. Love those! I'm a big horror movie guy, so like I,
0: I. I was gonna say the names sound vaguely familiar, but I'm not. I'm I, drawing a blank.
1: I just I love horror movies, and I would love to talk to a director about horror movies because I would I want to make one one day.
0: You know what's cool? I know we're going probably longer here, but um I heard on the local just because you're a local radio guy, the station they have at Algonquin, whatever it is, they have a shitty range. You have to like be within like two kilometers to hear C- them. CKDJ. There you go. Yeah, they played my song when it first came out too. Um, they're good people, but it's not the greatest broadcasting tower or whatever but they had a podcast show i heard that was really cool where it was this guy interviewing the living relatives of all the old universal hollywood monsters so it was like um i'm gonna draw blanks on those names but you know what i'm talking about um,
2: Lon Chaney, the Wolfman. Okay, that sort of thing. And, yeah, there uh, was
0: more. There was the um, there was Frankenstein a, dude who's super famous. I, uh, Bella, my brother would, no. Bela, Bela Lugosi, Lugosi was, was one of them. Dracula. Okay, so I was going to say that name. Yeah, and
2: oh god, Frankenstein. Yeah, he was really famous. That guy. Anyways,
1: but it was very cool and very along the lines what we were just talking about. Yeah, that, that's amazing because I'm. There's something about those stories and the way that horror works that fascinates me. So those would be my top two. Lance That I'll put uh, whatever. I love that you
0: had several. That's cool. Boris Karloff was right. Boris Karloff. Thank you. That, yeah, I knew all these names kind of in the tip of my brain, but I'm not as big into horror. I do like it, but
1: I would say, yeah. So David Byrne or any horror movie director. Cool, man. Pro- prolific one, like Sam Raimi, the guy who did the Spider-Man movies. Juan
0: he's doing the uh, the new Doctor Strange, awesome. Multiverse of Madness, and he's
1: gonna it's gonna be a horror blend in there. Oh, it's gonna be destroying. Uh, everything's
0: been building up to the multiverse. If you watch WandaVision uh, and Loki, oh yeah, and,
1: and I, I just can't wait because he even in the Spider-Man movies he had the element of horror, just kind of like little bits of it.
0: Well, and the new Spider-Man flick coming out in 90 days, I think, has friggin Doc Ock returning and all these Raimi oh, people because the so multiverse cool. allows you he's to just. So I know. Cool. Yeah, that's one of those nerd moments
1: and and that's what this whole like that's they have to do they have to top end game right and how do they top end game by just bringing it all together i
0: think it's also to have a fluidity moving forward like it there's so many things you can see them setting up they're definitely setting up the young avengers they're trying to set up like the next because people like robert downey jr he's probably not coming back he didn't even do the voices for the what if cartoon oh, totally, show and totally. some people are done with it i think and uh so they have to have the next generation you already see in, this is super nerdy. People have tuned out maybe, but uh, WandaVision, they've got Speed and Wiccan, her kids with Vision. They were part of Young Avengers. Yeah. In Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the older black Captain America, his grandson who opens the door is uh, becomes Patriot. Ant-Man's daughter becomes Stature. And she becomes, like, the giant of the team. And I'm missing a couple, but they're it, it's trending there.
1: Well, and there's the new Hawkeye show. which Yes, I, so Kate
0: Bishop is another I, uh, Young Avenger.
1: I, I love how it's a Christmas, like a holiday. I know.
0: They had the best tagline, too. It was like, this Christmas, the best gifts come with a bow.
1: Yeah, that was very funny.
0: Fucking give that advertising guy a huge promotion. That was gold. Speaking of puns, oh, my God. That's a great one to go out on, man. Let's high five because we can. We, this used to be the way before. So that was yeah. I think we did it pretty oh, good. Though. That was that was good. <laughs> All right, we'll play the arcade and uh, thank you for watching, people, and and check out Eric's show,
1: Curiosity Mondays, ten a.m. to eleven thirty a.m. on ninety three point one. You line. can
0: check out back episodes, right? All right, so absolutely, you know, if you wanna hear some uh, some of this thank, thanks more so of it. this, you just listen to us this, talk for two hours. But if you want a little more, <laughs> this is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Yo, anytime, man. We'll get that drink soon. Dad's coming. You want one of these or no? I would love one. It's a sticker. Yes.